Show. I like your stories and your reporting. Great show. We need uh, people that give it to you straight. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. That's kind of your calling card, Mr. Peterson. This is the J.P. Peterson Show, presented by FanStream Sports. Now, here's award-winning sports journalist, J.P. Alrighty, welcome in as the uh, J.P. Show... Super Bowl Bucks Palooza continues today as we uh, continue to ramp up to Super Bowl 55. I was around downtown Tampa today. All the the beautiful signage is up, the the yellows and the reds and the blues. It's fantastic. Let's a little chief color overload for me, you know, with the red and the gold. Ugh. But it's okay. Sorry, the red can also be buccaneer red. Right, I like that. I guess we can go with that, right? Whatever. I'm, I'm wearing Buccaneer red today. It's our freaking town, so make sure you know that, Chiefs fans, when you get here. Uh, but we welcome you. Bring your money. We need it. Uh, tourism would be uh, would good to have, be good to have a lot more tourism. Hey, the Olympics may be coming to Florida, so we'd have that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how crazy would that be? We we're like the we're like the guest house for any any major event that 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 goes south. We're like, yeah, Super Bowl, we'll, uh, we'll take it. Uh, national championship, yeah, we'll take it. Well, it's pretty crazy seeing how we were the epicenter after New York for right. COVID. But we're doing amazing. We're doing amazing. Everybody's stuff. coming to Florida. Well, why not the Olympics? How freaking cool would that be? I don't think it's going to happen, but who, who knows in this world of COVID, right? Who freaking knows? That would be amazing. But let's just focus in on the Super Bowl for a while. Not a whole lot of news today uh, to get to. Um, stuff we kind of already knew that Antonio Brown will be ready to go in a couple of weeks for the game. Also, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. And I would expect Le'Veon Bell to be playing for the Chiefs as well, which um, will certainly help them. But um, the big loss, of course, obviously, is Eric Fisher, one of their their offensive tackles, their left tackle. They've got, they'll be missing two they're both their starting tackles and another offensive lineman when you think about who their starters were. So that's a that's a big deal in this game. There's no doubt about it. That's a huge, huge deal. So we'll we'll talk plenty of football today. Anthony Beck's gonna join us at three thirty. Our on the clock guys, uh our great podcast partners will join us at three forty five. Leo Haggerty, NFL Scout covers the Bucks, will join us at four thirty. The great Sal Palantonio will join us at five o'clock as he is on on pace to cover his 10th Tom Brady Super Bowl. Every Tom Brady Super Bowl, he has been there and covered. It's a decade. That's a decade. It's a decade. That's right. This is what my staff picks up on right there. When I say 10 years, they say decade. That's what I'm talking about. We are on point. We are on, we are on point. <laughs> South Powell, one of the goats of ESPN, man. Really is. Really is. And uh, he he was there for the championship game, so we'll uh, we'll chat him up as to the what he learned he he told me something i don't know if he's going to share it today to be quite honest we were texting back and forth um but i'll ask him um about aaron rodgers that i thought was very very interesting so we'll uh we'll chat with sal palantonio at five o'clock and we'll give you a little bit of our james james brown uh interview from yesterday in case you missed it the man who will be hosting the super bowl broadcast the great james brown who had some really interesting things to say about uh, bruce arians who may not be getting enough credit 
for what he's what he's done. I kind of get that sense, right? This is this is kind of like Brady overload um, in some ways, which of course we we clearly expect from the media. This is the great story. It's a fantastic story. He, Brady is the epicenter of the story. But Brady doesn't happen without Bruce Arians. Well, also, it's the Brady effect. True. It's the Brady effect. Now, Brady's going to take all the good, but all the bad is going to come with him and everybody under the umbrella, especially as big a spotlight as Bruce Arians has and being outspoken as he is. But oddly enough, there never seems to be much bad around Tom Brady. It's all good. (laughs) Guaranteed 10 wins a season, basically. Not only for him, but for everybody else that plays in his city. It's the same in New England when he was there, right? Championship after championship, he comes to Tampa. The Rowdies go to the title game. The Stanley Cup is home, finally again. The Rays win the American League, and now the Bucks are in the Super Bowl. I'm telling you, the dude has got some magic touch. He's got a horseshoe up his ass or something. I don't know what it is, but it, as long as he's on my team and in my city, good to go. We're good to go. But uh, we're going to start today with our good friend Stu Sternberg and the Tampa Bay Rays. Today, Rick Kreisman, the fine mayor of St. Petersburg, um, who I think honestly has done a great job in his tenure. I don't agree with him on, on, on some political things, but I think he's done a fantastic job on handling the Rays situation in the Tropicana field site. He, uh, he did something that no other St. Petersburg uh, official has ever done, and that's open up the um, the process to Hillsborough County, which was a very wise and community wide decision, not just St. Petersburg specific. And I thought that was magnanimous of him to do so, and it certainly moved the process forward. Um, but the, the 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 impediment to a new stadium has always been, and will always be, Stu Sternberg, as long as he's involved with this team and today's happenings quite frankly turn my stomach and should and should outrage everyone who lives in the Tampa Bay area and, you know I've said this for a long long time that Stu Sternberg doesn't give a rat's ass about the fans or the community and I say that not because I want to or I want to pile on this guy But his actions speak so much louder than his words. He's always said, oh, this is the place we want to be, and it's a great market for baseball, at least when he was trying to get money for the Ybor Stadium. It was the perfect spot. It's exactly what we want. It has history. It's it's great demographics. It's in the middle of the market, easily accessible, uh, closer to, to the growth area. Uh, an iconic venue that will stand for generations and keep the blah, 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 blah. But when it comes down to paying for it, he wants no part of it. You want to give it to him? Oh, it's the greatest idea ever. But you got to pay half. Uh, Not interested. Not interested. And as soon as I, you know, at at some point you think, well, he, he won't do that. He does it. And today hopefully will be the moment where people in the media more than any, and it would be nice that the people at the Tampa Bay times uh, stop protecting Stu Sternberg and stop writing flat out lies about the entire situation, which I'll get to in a little bit. But I would like the media, the rest of the media to join in condemning 
what the Rays are doing here. And today, the mayor, now you have to understand, I know this gets a little convoluted, folks, so I'm going to try to put it in as, as simplistic terms as we can. The mayor has been working very hard on redeveloping the TROP site, this, the 86 acres of the TROP site. It is a very valuable piece of real estate, obviously. Um, there is no major city in America that has a track like this that is in a booming downtown um, that has it available for uh, whatever type of redevelopment they want. They want, And it's such a hot area with everybody moving to Florida and St. Petersburg being such a desired location. This, this parcel of land can literally transform the lives of thousands and thousands of St. Petersburg residents. That could, could be such a boon for, for the downtown area. New, new parks, new residential, affordable residential, uh, shopping, maybe a convention center of some type to, to lure even more business and, and tourism, which we all desperately need now post-COVID. All these things just ready and developers chomping at the bit. I saw some of the renderings. They're just absolutely fabulous with or without a stadium. And my preference is without a stadium. And frankly, I think Mayor Kreisman's would be the same. He knows that this is not the spot. It's not the location for a baseball stadium. And they can do so much more if they don't have a baseball stadium, if they don't have to pay for it. Because if they build a baseball stadium, the St. Pete residents are going to have to pay for most of it. And it just doesn't make sense. It makes way better sense to build parks, residences, uh, take care of some of the history concerns of the um, minorities that were disenfranchised by the building of the Tropicana Field site. There's an old cemetery there that needs to, to be resurrected. I mean, there are some social justice concerns that need to be addressed. Absolutely. In fact, there were some people at the press conference today, you may hear them in the background, yelling at the mayor about this um, to bring you know some, some recognition to it. But here's the bottom line. So the Rays basically are entitled by their lease to half of the proceeds of the redevelopment of the Tropicana Field site through the lease of 2027. Once 2027 comes, they won't receive any more money from the proceeds. Now, the folks want in St. Petersburg want to restart redeveloping the site now. And what's best for everybody in the community is for that Tropicana Field to be completely raised, get rid of it, freaking dinosaur, awful that it is, and build a new stadium in Tampa. That's where everybody knows, everybody in Major League Baseball, everybody knows that's where it needs to be. Even Rick Kreisman knows that. But the Rays, as usual, are not being community partners. In fact, they have again threatened today to hold up the development of said Tropicana Field site unless... They get control of a majority of the acreage. St. Pete gets no revenue from that acreage that they would give up, but yet the Rays want to still hold on to the measly 36 acres that's left that St. Pete would get to redevelop, and they still want to get 50% of that proposal. (laughs) The, The cojones on these people. I mean, you cannot. I thought you couldn't give a bitter, a, a bigger middle finger to your fans and your community than this stupid ass Montreal idea, but they came up with it. So they're basically saying, "Hey, we want more than half of the parcel. You'll get no revenue from it. We'll let you have less than half, and we'll still take half that revenue. Uh, you're still going to have to pay for a majority of the stadium that we're going to build." 
I mean, or we just won't let you redevelop until we leave in 2027, and we'll just hold you hostage. What? What? Are you freaking kidding me? This is your proposal. This is your proposal. You want to talk about ridiculously unfair, horribly one-sided? Do you understand if Major League Baseball was to remove Stuart Sternberg, pay him off, pay off his partners like they did with Vince DiMoli, install any other owner that wants to buy this team, and there's people lined up to buy it, that that person would immediately sign off and take the 50% of the redevelopment rights of Tropicana Field and say, here you go, Mayor, build something beautiful and fantastic here. We're going to partner with you on this. This is This is awesome that you'll be able to use this whole site and there'll be a great legacy to the Rays who once played here. Your legacy as a mayor is going to be fantastic because you have to spend a billion dollars on a stadium that's going to fail anyway because of its location. You don't have to do any of that. And your fans in St. Petersburg can still go to the games because the team's not going to be in Montreal. It's going to be in downtown Tampa where we're going to build a beautiful stadium in Ebor with a translucent roof that's going to be great for all the Rays fans in the entire area, including those from the Orlando area that I'm sure will come because it's closer. In fact, we're going to build rapid, we're going to build rapid transit in, in the Tampa Bay area, and part of that's going to be running from downtown St. Petersburg to downtown Tampa so Rays fans can take an express to the games. That'll be part of the legacy. And we're all going to be in this together as a community. The Rays are going to stay here for a long, long time, and we'll be happy to pay for half the stadium in Tampa because we're going to make a crap load of money for the next 30 to 40 years. That's what any new owner would do. And that would be a win-win for everybody in Tampa Bay. The way these things are supposed to work with sports franchises. They're not supposed to work for individual people or ownership groups to use as their personal ATM just to make money. And what's worse He's doing this at a time that he just gutted his World Series team, gave away a a clutch pitcher in Charlie F. and Morton, gave away Blake Snell for some returns that might happen in 2024, when he could have had a World Series-ready team with a payroll of about $70 million, still one of the lowest in baseball, and they'd probably be favored to win the American League again. But no, we got to cut the payroll down to like $40 million. So we can, oh, so we won't lose millions and millions this year. You didn't lose millions and millions last year. Show me the books. You had a $25 million payroll. That for, a, what, a third of a season and your postseason. With, with the TV money, I, I would guarantee you made money last year. And with this payroll you're going to have this year, your, your profits could be in the hundreds of millions of dollars. If you have a 35 million, once they trade Kiermaier, they'll be down around 35 million. And they're still going to get probably, we, I don't know exactly how baseball numbers work, but they'll probably still be revenue sharing money of some type. He'll still get central fund money. He'll still get local TV money. He'll still get local uh, sponsorship rights. They're going to sell tickets to at least seven to 8,000. He'll still get plenty of revenue. But the idea of actually holding the city of St. Petersburg hostage for this ridiculous deal that you proposed today? How? I mean, from what I understand, uh, Matt Silverman and Brian Ald and Stu Sternberg were at this press conference this morning. I don't think they spoke, though, from what the video that I saw. I'm not exactly sure about that. But I would love to, I'd love to have them answer questions about this. 
So this is your proposal? You're only entitled to half the proceeds of the entire parcel. But unless you get full control of most of the parcel and all the revenue from that parcel and still maintain half the revenue from the smaller piece, you're not going to sign off on any redevelopment. (laughs) Is there anybody else in the media that wants to condemn this? Anybody? Anybody want to step up at the Times and write an editorial about what a horrible community? I, I wouldn't even want to call him partner. Not a partner. He's a carpetbagger. He just wants to suck as much money out of this this particular development site, this team, this city, Rays fans, as he possibly can. I mean, what's, by his actions, what other motive is there? None. Major League Baseball should condemn this on every level. This should be the moment that Rob Manfred finally realizes this guy doesn't care about anybody here, this community whatsoever. All he cares about is making money. And that's not what a sports owner is supposed to do. That's not what you're supposed to do. You have a civic responsibility. Your team has increased in value by over a billion dollars in 14 years. You've made tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in profit. But it's still not enough. You still want to hold this city hostage. You still want to run with the lowest payroll in baseball. Absolutely Unacceptable on every freaking level. Let's hear uh, from the mayor, Johnny, if we can, uh, from today's press conference. And I, I would have liked to seen the mayor's actual response when he first read their proposal. And I would, <laughs> I would have liked to see what he said there. So this is after this is his response after uh, contemplating that offer and. Uh, well, well, let's hear the mayor say what he wants to say. I think this is the right one. Yeah. ...value that will help fund a new stadium. Now, look, I, I want the raise here. I want the team to stay. I want to work with ownership on creative ways to finance a new stadium that do not involve city taxpayer dollars if it's a split season. But I simply cannot allow the city and the community to lose control of the site. My preference is that the raise work with the city and the developer that I choose on the specifics of the development around a new stadium. And we work together on identifying other stadium funding opportunities. That redevelopment, including a new stadium that occurs on the site. And and I hope that the path forward, that there is a path forward and my door will continue to be open and I stand ready and willing to have future discussions related to a way of ensuring the team stays here uh, as long as control of the site comes back to the city. So with that, I will answer questions. So, uh, yeah, that's basically the mayor saying, look, I'll work on anything reasonable that you guys want to talk about. Uh, and I still think I, I still think his, and this is just my opinion, I still think he would much rather not build a stadium there. He's got to understand and know that it's it it's an it's a failed proposition, and they can do so much more for the people of St. Petersburg without a stadium there, and they can still go to games. So I'd love to get your response on that. 
727-518-0820 is the number if you'd like to jump aboard. Uh, we got Anthony back coming up at 3.30. We'll talk Bucks and Chiefs Super Bowl 55. Um, we'll hear from the Lightning today as well. The John Cooper will get some uh, – we'll hear some of his comments on well what happened over the weekend, which uh, was a tough loss. But as they move forward in this COVID era with so many games being canceled, we'll hear from him. Uh, Pat Maroon as well. And hopefully your calls. 727-518-0820. Quick break. Back – in three minutes. Stay with us. The Big Eight. 820 WWBA. The Big Eight. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. All right, welcome back. Hey, uh, you just heard that. That spot for uh, our man Fitz, the mortgage guy, he uh, he told me today that um, one of the listeners emailed him and said, hey, I'm, I'm working with Chase Bank right now, and uh, it's taking forever. Can you, you know, give me a better deal and also speed up the process? He said, absolutely, I can get this done in a few days and send over your sheet. So not only was Chase charging him $1,600 more in fees up front, $1,600 for like $125,000 refinance, $1,600 more in fees up front, but the best rate they could do was 2.8, and Scotty can get him 2.5. That's a, that is a ton of money that you're saving. These big banks are going to rob you blind if you're going to do a mortgage through them. Even if you bank with them, they'll tell you they'll get you the best rate. They ain't. That's how they pay for them big buildings and those chandeliers. Go with Scott Fitzgerald, the mortgage guy. Just email him at scott at amstampa.com, scott at amstampa.com, if you want to save a lot of money on your refi or your mortgage. That's a lot of money. All right, 727-518-0820 if you would like to join us, as uh, Chris in Clearwater does right now. What's hey, up, very good. JP, my, my sister's looking for a mortgage, so she wants to build a house. There you okay. go. There you go. Scott at amstampa.com. Give him a, give him a ring. AMS Tampa, okay. Yeah, you American know, Mortgage I'm, Services. You know how I'm, I'm passionate about this baseball team, you know. Yes. And that's just what I was calling about today. I mean, this owner, he actually thinks we're going to build it, and he still wants to do the split city thing. Come on. What's he got to be buying? I mean, at this point, why are we even listening to anything he says? I mean, it, the split city thing is a pipe dream. It's never going to happen. It's, the players will never sign on for that. The union will never sign on for it. The, I don't think. I don't think the other owners want it. Um, it's ridiculous. It's just crazy. I mean, in that site, people don't want a ballpark at that site. No, Come on, now. they don't. Okay, they don't. now you, your competitor on the air. I was waiting for you to come on at three o'clock. They were some reason they must be in the owner's pocket. They were pushing this. I don't know why. Are you the, kidding me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah They're yeah. pushing yeah. this idea? Yeah, they like the idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your buddy there. Oh, the my God. I uh, would, yeah. I would well, just. They, they want, I, is it because <sighs> that, that's the race channel and they can't ruffle feathers, baby? Is that's, that why? Hey, that's why they're. On the air there, and I'm on the air here. They don't. They don't like you know, like you talking bad about Man, Stu Sternberg as they as they rob you as he robs you blind and gives you the middle finger at every chance, yeah. and they're going to support that. Really? Yeah. I yeah, think that tells that. you all well, you the, need the, to know the, about the basic, Stu and the basic, them. Basic belief is don't you can't build a new ballpark because that newness will wear off. Look at he brought the Marlins up as an example. The Marlins didn't draw anybody more when he built no, them a new ballpark because it's a terrible location. Thank it's you. a terrible location. <laughs> 
if you're going to build a ballpark in South Florida that is a metropolis that goes from Biscayne Bay to Jupiter, why would you build it in the most southern part in a neighborhood, a, a, a highly dense neighborhood, far away from egress interstates? That's where they built the Marlins Park. A I know I've been stupid there. It's location. Terrible. Stupid. I don't want, it's terrible. You you build it right in downtown Fort Lauderdale on the New okay. River. Now this is my. That's opinion. where you should have built that stadium. If, if you want to keep the Rays in St. Pete, the only op- uh, only option I think is where Lang used to be. That's where they should be, right there. On no. The no, no, no. If they're going to stay in Pinellas, I'm saying if they're going to. Why stay should here. they stay in Pinellas? It's ridiculous. I said if if they stay. I know Hillsborough is the most logical place. I know that. But Al Lang is that's worse to get to than the Trop. And there's no room for parking down there. And well, nobody wants it down there, by the way. Nobody, I mean, nobody that, wants nobody it. Nobody wants to be on Central downtown on that part of St. Pete. I don't know. Who, I don't know who the genius was that built that ballpark originally 40, 30 years ago. I don't know why they put it there to begin with. Uh, well, I'll tell you why. Thing. Because it was a toxic waste dump and they couldn't build anything uh, else there. Oh, and they wanted to. Okay. And St. Petersburg was so jealous of Tampa that they wanted to, to get a pro franchise there. And, and Major League Baseball told them, don't build it. Don't build it. We're not coming. Do not build that thing. Okay. And they did it anyway. They did how it about, anyway. How, okay. Go ahead. But I was going to say, how like the modern stadiums, like in Cincinnati and Kansas City, you got the ballpark next to the ballpark. They're both together. Can yeah. we do that on Del Mabry? Or not? Is it feasible? Well, I mean, it, it's a, I wouldn't mind. It, that's not That's not a bad idea. It's not terrible because obviously the egress. And, share the is, parking. Yeah. Share the parking. Absolutely. I mean, it's not a horrible idea, but I do think – that baseball is an urban game, and I think right. you need to be able to walk out of your, your businesses downtown and go to the games on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights. Those are the issues, the issue nights for attendance, and where you have you know large corporations, small corporations, medium corporations all have tickets. They give them to their, their clients and their employees, and they use them during the week. Now, it, when they first built Tropicana Field, yeah, all the Tampa businesses had had uh, raised tickets. But halfway through the first season, nobody wanted to go. Nobody wanted I to would, drive over I there would, and have to drive I, back after they've had a few beers. Nobody wanted right. to do it. I mean, I, I, uh, I was here when Namoli first owned the team, the first pitch for the Alvarez and everything. What was Did we draw over a million our first year? Did we? Yeah, I think we draw 2.1 our first year. We drew that much? I think I, I have to go check that. that I just never thought we drew that much in our first year. Yeah, I'd have to wow. go check on that. But yeah, the first year was good, and then you know, the location took over. So now this originally this ballpark was built to attract Chicago, right? The White Sox, yeah, was, or any was, team, any team that wanted to use us as a, a foil to get a new stadium, which they did. Right. Okay, second second subject still containing to baseball. See, the state of Arizona. Are you still there, JP? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess they uh, they asked Major League Baseball to postpone or delay the cactus start of the cactus season. Or, have we made the same for the grapefruit? Have we asked for a pushback on the spring training or not? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. We'll, we'll see how that, that starts. But uh, I think right now at this point, the last thing Manfred said was starting on time at a full 162. So here we go. And I, and I see the catcher re-sign with the Phillies for a moodle, yep. oodle of money today. Yeah. Other teams are spending money, but, of course, we're going straight for the basement. All right. I got to go, Bartner. Thanks, for, right, the, uh, Thank thanks for the call. All Appreciate right, it. Um we just got to get some groundswell going, man, to get uh, to get this. Because look, I like Stu personally, I really do. Um, but he's just the way he runs this this team is it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable on so many levels. I think hopefully, hopefully now 
the media will wake up and say, this guy just does not care about this area, and he's holding us back tremendously. And I don't think the Rays will have a World Series until that happens. No, no and they won't. I mean, he, he destroyed a World Series team this year, didn't have to. Still would have made oodles of money. Never enough. I'm not going to lie. I'm still a little salty about the Blake Snell pool. It is. Why shouldn't you be? We could have traded him next year and probably gotten more. And, and, you know, it's just you don't dismantle a team like this where you even the fine, there weren't financial pressures to do so. There just weren't. I mean, yeah, you can't have as many people in the ballpark, but the Rays don't make a lot of money from that anyway. No, it's their TV deals. It's still silly. All right, uh, our good friend Anthony Becht uh, joins us now. 12 years in the NFL, former first-round pick, played for the Buccaneers, now Jets and Buccaneers analyst in college football as well. He does it all. He's the great Anthony Becht. What's up, partner? How are you? I'm doing well, JP. How's things? Super Bowl's right here in our backyard, and, and here's our Bucks. How about one, it? One of the greatest stories of all time, right? huh? I, yeah, it, I'll tell you. You know, it's it's very uh, it's a surreal deal. I mean, uh, who would have thought? You know, I mean, I think there was – it was getting over the fact that Tom Brady was going to be the quarterback and then Gronk and then, and then Antonio Brown, and then all of a sudden they found a way to put it together. And you know what? I'd rather have it year one than any other year because nothing's guaranteed this uh, for this team next year. So this is going to be their, their best chance, in my opinion. You know, uh, Anthony, it, it's interesting. You mentioned all these stars, and usually when you pre- get this many egos together, it's, it's really hard to bring it all together. Um, but I think a lot of the credit has to go to Bruce Arians, which who may not be getting enough credit, quite frankly. Brady tends to suck all that up, even though he doesn't want to. And a lot of credit has to go to Brady as well, because I don't, you know, I, I think there's kind of a he's got a LeBron to him a little bit, right? That when the other guys want to come play with him, they want to win championships, and they they'll pretty much subjugate their egos to do so. And I think we've seen some of that, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, you can even go any farther as to say, you know, Jason Light. I mean, he got the players signed. He got the draft picks. Everything kind of got culminated, put together. You know, B.A. obviously immediately, you know, getting Todd Bowles on board, you know, to build the defense and then having them in place for the last couple years. And then, you know, listen, the the stress of not calling plays, you know, being able to kind of manage the team a little differently – you know, he handed those off to, to Leftwich before he got here, you know, mm. prior to, you know, his first retirement. And then, and you're right, and then not having the stress is also of just worrying about the quarterback situation. I mean, you know, look, last year's team and the quarterback play was was something to lose a lot of sleep over. Yeah. And now it's just, it changes things, you know, and you're able to do a little more, I guess, you know, be a true head coach. So, uh, it, top to bottom, you know, the assistants, Joe Gilbert, the offensive line coach, there's a lot of people that are putting time to this, and you know, it comes down now to one game, which is it's a, it's it's a lot better when it's down to one. Yeah, and you you mentioned Jason Light, and uh, I totally agree because Brady doesn't come here unless this is a championship roster, and it and it, and it you know he, we needed him to complete it, but yeah. It, that defense was ready to go. The offensive line was in place. He gave you know, the weapons were in place. So without Jason Light and, and, the, and the, the rest of the staff too, let's throw Shelton Quarles in there and Bruce Arians and all the coaches and the the players that the player personnel people that have drafted well the last couple of years, they all deserve credit because Brady wouldn't come in here if this roster wasn't championship level, right? There's no doubt, and you know you had to look through some things. I mean, be honest. I mean, it was a you know this is a what nine win team last year, seven, seven and nine, nine, whatever they were, seven and nine, yeah, seven and nine team yeah. last year, and uh, you know who would say that? Well, okay, okay, that's that's the team that I'm going to because they have the best chance to win. I mean, right. it was truly just a, a gut feel as well, and and, a, and having that comfort level. But the weapons were in place. 
they went out and got more weapons. They drafted the tackle. He panned out. I mean, you know, if that tackle doesn't pan out or you end up getting a different tackle, who yeah. knows what would have happened in yeah. that scenario. So, And it's really led to, you know, other guys playing at a higher level. I mean, look at Donovan Smith. I mean, yeah. you know, probably playing some of the best football of his career at an elite level. And, and then, of course, the growth of the secondary where, you know, right now, I mean, they, they got a lot of confidence going into this football game, even though, you know, it was a little tough when they played the Chiefs the first time. I think they got to feel good at least about, you know, how they sat at the end of that game and then had a chance to potentially win. Anthony Beck uh, joining us here. And, you know, you mentioned uh, the tackles for the Buccaneers who have, who have improved dramatically in that in that regard. And here come the Chiefs without Eric Fisher now, torn Achilles. They're down both of their starting tackles. I think they're down three starting offensive linemen uh, from the last few weeks now. Uh, that's, that's a huge hit, especially with a – a Buccaneers pass rush that is heating up, and with Vita Vea back, you know that could be the difference in this game. Would you Would you agree? Yeah, it's not good. Um, you know, Shaq Barrett and JPP are going to be licking their chops. Mm-hmm. And again, we talk about the final, the final, the final game, the final, you know, hurrah. And you're going to, you know, that effort level is as as good as it's been is going to be at a maximum level. And you know, what is the counter for the Chiefs? You know, they, they can't just assume that they're going to get the job done. There's just no way because they're just that good. And I think that the fact that that helps them even more, and, and which is a bigger problem for the Chiefs, is Vita Vea. Yep. Because, you know, as much as I thought he would be part of the run game, he was instrumental in the pa- in the pass rush game, and that's really what he was really used on. And the, and the amount of reps that he got, I was quite surprised. I believe he played about 30 snaps in that game. So mm-hmm. um, that's a problem. It, it is, you know, what are you going to do? You can't just line up three wides, do all this stuff. You have to have some type of presence. Whether it's a back, you know, maybe a chip from Kelsey, yeah. who knows what it is. But if you just think you're going into the game and you're just going to block them up, man on man on, I just think you know that that would be silly. And I just don't see Andy Reid doing that. So that that'll be a big part of you know at least what I want to see how they're going to handle it. Yeah, tell me as a as a former tight end, if they ask you in in a game like this to say, look, you're going to have to help the tackles out a little bit. You know, even if it's just a chip here. Or you know another count there here where you got to hit a guy. How will that affect Kelsey? And would, will they ask him to do that, or will they go with a different strategy? Because I agree they're going to have to do something to to take care of this yeah, pass rush. I don't know, I, honestly. I mean, he's a big part of what they do. Right. I, I mean, I just you know may, maybe it's just body presence off the release. You know, uh, I mean he could you know rip through the guy and then just give a small touch. You know the backs could get involved, but. You know, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, honestly, I, I really do believe it's a big problem. It's, it's going to change the complexion of how they do things. Um, you know, I don't think there's going to be arrogance coming in thinking we're going to just get it done. And, and then how does Patrick Mahomes react? I mean, does, you know, does it speed the process up? We've seen it with Breeze and Rodgers. Yep, yep. You know, you're going to get some turnovers possibly and, and some sacks. And, you know, I, we'll see what happens. I really do believe that's a key advantage for the Buccaneers heading into this game. Anthony Beck joining us here. And I think another key is running the football. And, boy, I love what this offensive line has become. You mentioned the two tackles, and Ryan Jensen is just – he's becoming uh, uh, world famous for his pancake blocks, thanks to Jeff Saturday uh, pointing him out every week. And he's really kind of the heart and soul of this offensive line. He brings attitude. You got Marpet and Aaron Stinney's played really well. Um, This offensive line and this running game, Gronk is blocking his, his butt off. I think that's that's something the Chiefs really, really need to worry about. Would you agree? Yeah, you know, it's just a selfless attitude. You know, it's a, you know, when I watch when I watch Jensen, not only is he physical, he's just 
he's so fast off the snap. I mean, you could just see the level rise. I mean, you know, look, this is the type of play it takes to win championships. I mean, it, there's no other way to do it. And now that the, it's the final game, you just lay it all on the line. Both teams are going to do it. You know, one team obviously defending champ. They know they've been in the scenario. They know what it takes to lose. So if you're up by 10 or two touchdowns, it's not going to matter to the Chiefs. So, mm-hmm. yep. you know, you've got to play a full four-quarter game, keep your foot on the pedal. You know, you can't be worrying about utilizing the clock and possessions and all that. You have to go, go out there and handle your business and then hope, you, you know, hope Mahomes is off a little bit. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, even when he's off a little bit, they seem to have a chance. So this is, this is something that no one's done the whole entire season except the Raiders. And, and uh, you know, even then, it came down to the wire. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I just think it's going to be a great contest, a great game, and I'm just looking forward to the matchup. Hey, what do you think uh, playing at home does for the for the Buccaneers? I mean, Bruce said yesterday, just staying in your own bed is a big deal. You know, not having to go to a hotel. So I know myself; I, I can't sleep in hotels. I, I just I can't. Um, I, I, players, I guess, get used to it, but I I do think that's a bit of an advantage. And the Chiefs said yesterday, I think they're not getting here until the day before the game, which is very very unusual. But so you can see that Andy Reid certainly doesn't want any part of the distractions here. Well, yeah, I think big picture, everybody except Gronk and Brady, uh, you know, I, I feel bad that they're not going to get like a true uh, opportunity to kind of, you know, take into the week. But also it just takes away so many distractions, Yeah. Um, which, which is huge. And a guy like Brady and Gronk, they're probably loving it. I mean, they get to go home, yeah. hang out, do their thing. Nothing changes from, from a standpoint of their schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, there's just no distractions. I mean, think about a Super Bowl. You get to play in a Super Bowl at home with no distractions. I mean, I just – a couple Zoom calls maybe. Uh, you're talking about getting dialed in, maximizing your time. The travel is cut, cut down. You know, there's usually a day or two just to travel on during that week. So, you know, it's just really uh, – I mean, listen, it's a huge advantage. There's no question about it. All right, so uh, you got to handicap this game. The Bucks are, what, three-point underdogs. How do you see it playing out? Yeah, well, you know, look, I, I, I got to lean towards the Chiefs a little bit here just because, listen, I mean, nobody's done it. Nobody's been able to beat them. Uh, no one's been able to handle them. Nobody's been able to hold a lead against them. Uh, it's just, you know, and this is the time where they peak. You got arguably the best caller, uh, play caller in the history of the NFL, mm-hmm. um, a guy that's been so creative, uh, you know, versus Todd Bowles, who's, you know, he can match him punch for punch, but, you know, you do have some players that obviously are, you know, Experience-wise, still, this is just a huge game. I mean, you have to be on point. The details have to be there, especially when you're trying to guard, you know, Tyreek Hill and whoever that guy's going to be helping, and then also having your eyes in the middle or helping out with Kelsey. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's truly got to be a team game. But then there's the other side of me that just doesn't want to discount Brady and what he does. I, I, I find it hard to bet against a guy. You know, I, I haven't picked against the Bucks in the entire playoffs. I, I pick them to win each and every week. Yeah, me too. I just, I'm expect, I'm just expecting. They're a good so game, good man. right now. I mean, They're just. I know. I mean, it's. You know, I love Tampa. I played here. I cover them. You know, I, you, you watch the pain over the years, both of my teams, Jets and the Bucks, and then you finally get there, but you see what's in front of you, and it's like it's like this huge brick wall that just is like ten ten feet deep, and it's like how do you penetrate it? So. If anybody can do it, the best team for it is, is the Bucks. I, I believe that truly that they're the, going to be the best matchup for the Chiefs, and 
Um, listen, man, it can't end in a tie. I'm leaning towards the Chiefs, but I would not be shocked at all. I would not be shocked at all if the Bucks. This is the analyst in me. I got to get it. I, I would I not know. be shocked if the Bucks win. I just, I just think they're 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 peaking right now, and they're playing well on every level. I think their defense is better than the Chiefs. I think they match up well. They're not going to do what they did in the first matchup with them, and that's you know go one on one with Tyreek. Yeah, Hill you know the defense has surprised me yes. last week the way the Chiefs the way the Chiefs played them. Uh, I yeah. just felt like you know they they played their best game of the year last week. So mm-hmm. uh, and the Bills team's pretty damn good. I mean, they, you know they they got some players on that team and. They came up big. So, look, man, I hope it goes down to the wire. I really believe this is going to be a really good game, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Hey, you played in, what, nine playoff games, but did you get to the Super Bowl? No, I did it, man. Close, Got close uh, to A couple the, times. Yeah, close to the AFC and NFC Championship with the Jets and the, and the, um, and the, and the Cardinals. But, uh, man, I'll tell you, you know, it's – I don't miss playing the game, but when I watch the playoffs and I yeah. watch teams go up on the on the on the uh, stage and collect their trophy, and I, that's something that irks me, and I kind of get really jealous during that time of year because <laughs> I just never got a chance to do that, man. So I mean, close. It's, uh, if it's your if it's your team, you play for, you love it, you embrace yeah. it. But you know, as far as just everything else, you're just like, man, you know, it's like, God, I wish I got a piece of that. So yeah, hey. See what happens. <laughs> See what All right, partner. Always great to chat with you, my friend. Uh, we'll catch up down the line. Anytime, man. Be well. Thanks. Thanks. And Anthony Beck has a ton of podcasts. Just Google him, and you can get all his different uh, podcasts. Follow him on Twitter as well, and you get all the great analysis. Uh, he's got a Bucks podcast, a Jets podcast, all that good stuff. Yeah, no, I follow all, I follow Anthony Beck. Yeah, see him all he's over a the great thing. analyst. He really is tremendous, and he knows his talent, knows his stuff. That's why we love having him on. Retweets for the people, too. That's right. Retweets for the people. All right. uh, Quick break. And when we come back, our On the Clock guy is going to join us. All right. We will uh, chat with them. Always a great conversation. They got to be head over heels about the Bucks in the Super Bowl at this point. So we'll chat with them and get their analysis when we come back. Stay with us. Eight twenty WWBA. Let's go right now. Back to the show with JP on, on FanStream Sports. Hey, we want to welcome on another uh, sponsor. They just keep coming on. We're just we're growing leaps and bounds. This one is a, a very interesting one. They're called White Cap Sports, and they are right here in our area, and they're one of the uh, global leaders in sports uh, ownership. Hey, uh, and it's an industry that's really booming, uh, sports ownership. It seems like almost every time you read the news, you're hearing about someone joining the growing ranks of major or minor league sports owners, famous people, folks you've never heard of. But ever wonder how to find out when these opportunities are available? You ever think about being part of an ownership group? Whitecap Sports Group knows how to get it done. Whitecap Sports provides exclusive consulting services to sports team owners as well as those of us who have always dreamed of sitting in the owner's chair. Please, somebody buy the raise. Sports ownership is not just for celebrities, athletes, and billionaires anymore. If you have access, and the Whitecap Sports Group can give you that. So look them up at whitecapsports.com. That's whitecapsports.com. And welcome aboard, Whitecap Sports. And uh, Bob Melandro, who is the, uh, I believe he is the CEO of Whitecap Sports, he's going to join us on Thursday 
to talk about some of the uh, sports ownership deals that are going down in sports business in general. So we're going to get some great inside scoop from him as well. So welcome aboard Whitecap Sports. Um, all right, our good friends from the on the pod on the uh, clock podcast are joining us now, Raul and George. What's up, guys? How are you? Hey, what's going on, JP? How you doing? Uh, sorry to keep you waiting what's there, up, JP. Hey, um, your Bucks are in a Super Bowl, baby. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> yes, they are. Yeah, what do you think? I it was nerve wracking. I think it's rigged. That's what I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> So Raul thinks it's rigged, and George, the lifelong Bucks fan, says what? I'm in heaven. Of course you are. I'm in heaven. <laughs> now, was, it was great. It was a great game to watch. I mean, it, it definitely was much more exciting than the, the game that followed it as an encore. That's for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it, makes, it makes George look like he's a prophet now because he's been saying it since Ever since the signing of Tom Brady, he's like, oh, yeah, we're in the Super Bowl. Which, by the way, George likes to give fun facts on the podcast, but I have a fun fact for you, JP, and George. George is going to love this one. Did you know that it is a 40%? He's at 40%. He is oh, uh, Tom yeah. Brady's more sure to make the Super Bowl than it is Stephen Curry, Stephen, uh, <laughs> Stephen Curry making a three-point shot. Unbelievable. You know that? That's right. It's easier for Tom Brady to make it to the Super Bowl <laughs> than it is for Steph Curry to make a three-point shot. Or a professional golfer to make a four-foot yeah, putt. Yeah, making a putt. A four-foot putt. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you know Tom Brady's been to yeah, 18% that of the That guy's Super Bowls? been in the league 20-some years, and almost half of the time yeah. he spent it playing football in February. Do you know how many NFL – Anthony Beck, 12 years in the league, never went to a single Super Bowl. Like, most players never even make it to a single Super Bowl. Neither did Marino. Dude's been to 10. It's yeah, insane. Yeah. It, it's a shame. It's definitely a shame. I saw a beautiful meme of Bill Belichick and a referee and the referee whispering in his ear saying, hey, did you know Tom Brady just made it to the Super Bowl? <laughs> and I know he's uh, – the question has finally been answered. Was it Tom or Bill? It's definitely Tom. You know, Tom – Oh, my God, Looks like yes. uh, Tom helped him all those years. You know what I mean? Well, I just, you know, just watching, and, and we haven't had the access that we normally have, you know, the, because of COVID, but just watching his effect on this team, I mean, this is very much the same roster, you know, minus, I mean, yes, Antoine Winfield and, and Tristan Wirfs have been big additions, but, um, yeah. I mean, this is basically the same team that went 7-9 and last year, and, and this is what the Brady effect is. It's not just... The lack of turnovers, it's, you know, the lack of penalties. Um, you know, late in the season, winning the games that they needed to win. After the bye week, they've been undefeated. They're playing their best ball. They're peaking at the right time. This is no accident. This is the Brady effect. Yeah, it is. And George, George right. will listen to me about – oh, go ahead, George. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and, and the one thing I was going to point out, I mean, the, the Bucks last year when they went 7-9, lost five of those nine games by a touchdown or less. Even with the turnovers, mm-hmm. so when you think about that alone, those are the games that the Bucks this year now yep. have been able to find a way to win. It hasn't always been the prettiest, as it, but it has been efficient. And you've seen the Bucks transform as the years gone on, how they approach and how they win a game, how they game plan, how they strategically. They've been running the ball better week in and week out now since that bye week. Since the Bible, yep. they haven't lost. Yep. But a big thing to it is 
they're, they're running the ball more. In fact, they found a way to balance Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette in the running game where they're both getting 12-plus touches a game. They found a way to incorporate Antonio Brown on the outside. Everybody thought he was going to be a, a middle-of-the-field guy, mm-hmm. but he's an outside deep threat. They found ways to use Scotty Miller effectively because, again, everybody's like, oh, now you have Antonio Brown. That pushes Scotty Miller, and it did. But now – you start seeing when that guy, that guy's clutch. He ran Ooh. by the DB. Oh yeah, on on Sunday. <laughs> and how do you? If you're a defense, that's almost that is almost as bad as the Jet giving up that game winning hell mary to the Raiders in yes. the regular season. And they were playing man yeah. cover zero. That's yeah. almost as bad as that, if not worse, because it happened in the playoffs. Yeah, they were actually trying and to you, lose. Yeah, yeah, and you can't yeah. even duplicate. You can't duplicate the speed that Scotty Miller has. Nope. On the outside in practices, that's that's what deceptive is. You know what I mean? Like, like you can see it on film, and like, oh, I guess so. But when he's, I mean, he's. I wonder if Scotty's in a four three four four forty because he he is a four three guy. Yeah, he's yeah, really he's a four three borderline forty. He looked like it. Yeah, he did. I love. Now, I my love question uh, to you, JP. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, my fault. Was was George? I was telling George, and you tell me if I'm wrong. You're, you're more in it than I am. Do you think the play calling is all Byron Leftwich? Or is it all Bruce Arians, or is it all Tom Brady? Because I was telling George, this doesn't look like it. that little turmoil that the Bucks had in the beginning of the season. It just completely flipped after the bye week well, into I, where I think we're going to do what we want to do. Look, I don't think it's I don't think it was turmoil. I just think it's evolution. I mean, you guys are football yeah. coaches. You know how this works. It takes time to get on okay. the same page. And imagine having four or five hundred reps in practice taken away from you in a year. Where your quarterback has to learn a new offense, and you have to learn right. what he does best, and he has to learn the speed and how guys run routes. I mean, so much of that stuff would have been taken care of in, in OTAs and preseason games, but they didn't have those. So it was going to take, it was going to be on the job training, and we were going to see the whole thing. You know, we we're going to see how the sausage is made, and it was ugly early on, and and there right. were parts of the season that were were really bad. But Brady was so focused on being good the last quarter of the season. That's when he constantly talked yeah. all year long about getting better, learning from our mistakes, and that's what this whole thing has been about. And I think now it's it's a great collaboration of all three of their minds, and I think Leftwich now knows he has a good rhythm and a feel for what Brady likes. I mean, you heard you're, you heard in the Brady mic'd up segment, I don't know if you guys saw this, he was talking to Leftwich, and Leftwich was like, what do you think? What do you want to call it during a timeout? And Brady's like, dude, you're hot. Stay hot. Go, call whatever you want. You're in a good rhythm. Keep calling it. So you know, there, right. as you guys know, there's an art to play calling, and you got to oh, yeah. you know figure out what quarterbacks like in what situations. And I think now, play action, uh, pre-snap motion, um, and, and they know what Brady likes, and it's it looks pretty damn good. Sausage is tasting good right now. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, and you know, the, the comment I was making to Raul about this is, you know, everybody questioned Brady's arm strength. Right? Stupid. Because he pushed the ball down That's the field just dumb. consistently. He still, in, in, in this year, his 40-some year, right, however old he is now, he leads the NFL <laughs> in attempts, completions, and yardage down the field. Yep. Considering you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, on the other side yep. that slings it around with the best of them. And he he still found a way to lead the NFL in those categories. They're still the Bucks' offense just tweaked with Brady's 
what, what he likes to do. And, and, and you're absolutely right. The receivers had to know when to break their routes off. Yeah. They had to understand how Brady reads zone coverage. They, and, again, that pre-snap, that's one thing that we talked a lot about on our show and our podcast was that, you know, there was, it was very stagnant. You never saw guys moving around, and now you almost see guys moving around every other play. Yep. There's always some type of motion, which, again, it helps Brady break down zone versus man, and then people tweak their routes according to that. Before, they were just out there just, you know, playing right. checkers while other people were playing chess against them. Now they're playing chess against these teams, and you're, you're seeing it on the field. All right, before you guys go, George, take me through the moment, NFC Championship game last Sunday, when you knew the Bucks were going to win it, and your reaction. What was it like? So, a lifelong I have a Bucks video. I'll, I'll do one better. After we get done here, I'll send you the actual video. Okay, so cool. I'm sitting at the house. I'm outside the patio. I'm pacing outside in the backyard, up and down the fence. <laughs> and the minute that I knew the game was over, beard got thrown up in the air. I'm sprinting in the backyard doing circles and, 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 and jumping jacks and cartwheels, everything you can name, because I'm that pumped that we're headed back to the Super Bowl. And the wife's like, the next day, is it real? Do you still know that? Do you believe it? And I'm like, I kept pinching myself because I'm a diehard Bucks fan, and, and I saw it when I was in high school. Right now in my adult life, I get to see them go to the Super Bowl. It's just it's awesome. And that's what I love about this man, this Bucks uh, run here is that you know fans that have just suffered for so long, just to see their joy and emotion and something in life that can take them away from all the other BS that's going on in our country right now. And it's it's great to be a Bucks fan, and I hope everybody just really enjoys this for the next couple of weeks, win or lose the Super Bowl. It's been a freaking magical season, but we want to win. Yeah, yes, we really have. All right, guys, uh, tell everybody how they can get your fine podcast, the On the Clock podcast. Absolutely. First of all, visit Fanstreetsports.com. You can find us there. Our shows come out twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. Visit us on any type of podcasting station, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio. You can even tell Alexa right now to play On the Clock Radio, and you can play the podcast as well. Nice. All right, Raul and George, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Go Bucks. We'll chat next week. Go Bucks. All right. Uh, see you yeah. The rolls like, yeah, no go Bucks. What's it like to be a, a non Bucks fan in Tampa Bay for the next two weeks? Johnny, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I guess man. we got to give you guys one in every 15 years. Okay. Uh, oh, it's 18. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> How many Super Bowls have the Saints been to? Just the one, and, and they won. Last time right? I checked, I'm not wearing a Saints hat. Just, just the one, just the one, and the one. Is that a, is Oh, he's going Steelers now. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. No, doesn't work. Doesn't work that way. You're still on that bandwagon. All right. Uh, quick, quick break. Been my whole life. When we come back, we will uh, we will check in with Bruce Arians uh, as the Bucks get ready uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Stay with us. WWBA. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back. We're going to hear from uh, Sal Palantonio. He's going to call us at 5 o'clock. ESPN's own as he gets ready to come to Tampa. Tennis match is on. The tennis match is on. So you ready to lose again? 
I'm not getting my ass kicked like last time. <laughs> I've been practicing. I've been practicing. So, no, it is not going to be 6-0, like it was last time. Well, I heard you I, had a little coach named Serena. I, I can't divulge that oh. right now. That's not for public knowledge. I can't confirm or deny. I cannot confirm or deny. It's not the Serena that you're thinking of, but uh, <laughs> she looks good in a tennis dress. I can tell you that. There it is. Uh, 727-518-0820 is the number if you would like to join us. We're going to hear from uh, Bruce Arians here in just a second. Uh, John Cooper in our next segment is the Lightning were postponed for tonight's game. They were are scheduled to play Thursday night in Carolina. We'll see if that game happens right now. It looks like it's it it's still game on, but you never know with COVID, right? You never know. You, you just never know. So they're going to end up playing four games in the first 15 days of this condensed schedule hockey season, which means the end of the season is going to be really condensed. Yeah, they've got a lot of games mashed up in February. Yeah. And the next month. Yeah, this one was moved to February 22nd. The Dallas games were moved to May. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to get even more crowded. Um, of course, the NHL can can always extend the season at some point, you know, right? They can just say, hey, we, we're going to need another week or two to get the season done and reschedule games. So they, they can they can certainly do that, which they may have to do. Um, but at some point, I, I would think that uh, we're going to – these Lightning players are going to start getting vaccinated. And we should start getting getting to the point where we get most of the the really highly vulnerable elderly population done, and then you know, then when we open it up to the general population, I'm not saying that lightning players need to move to the front of the line, but it seems like a pretty pretty easy thing to get done. I think I just saw somewhere in Florida that now the you can the first like however many people that come up to want want the vaccine can get it, but that's that's it. Yeah, I, and I'm you know I'm being very benevolent here. I'm going right to the back of the line. So you all go right ahead. Get oh, your yeah. get your you vaccines. Get, get I'm, I'm good. I got my <laughs> antibodies. I'm still strong with the antibodies. No reason to take a vaccine when I have the antibodies, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any reason. Oh, to, yeah. I don't want to. Oh, I don't want to take it away from somebody else. Yeah, I would you, never do that. It's like you know your number five hundred on the list. Why not I, the five hundred thousand on I'm the list? I'm good with that. You know, I'm, I'm, you know me. I'm always. <laughs> I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I'm going to make sure that everybody else goes first and. If there are any. Yeah, I'm always I'm always trying to make everybody else happy besides myself. Yeah, first, so that's I, me. Yeah, I'm a cancer. You know, we typically that's a that, that's my my sign. Not that I'm a like <laughs> Antonio Brown cancer in the locker room, which he's not. Of course, now he's not. He's been very very good. So um, yeah, we're givers. We're just we want to make everybody happy. That's what we do. So y'all go ahead, line up for that vaccine. I hear Chick Fil A is working things out now for people in terms of the drive through. So. They're using. I literally saw this in in the news that uh, I think someplace in South Carolina, they were having trouble with their drive-throughs. So they called the local Chick Fil A because they're experts in drive-throughs, <laughs> and they came. The manager came out and set it all up for them so they could get like people wouldn't have to wait in line so long. I'm huh. like, really? You need you, you're fired. <laughs> I mean, really? You're fired. You, you're giving out vaccines and you can't figure out how to do a drive-through. Yikes! These are the people in charge. Yikes. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, uh, 727-518-0820. So everybody get that shot, and um, we'll, all be, we'll all be free soon. Even the Democratic states are free now, mm. suddenly. Shocking shocking development. Well, I mean, just hopefully you don't end up like the doctor in Miami. Even though, even though the levels are higher than they were in the summer and other times when we were in complete lockdown, now, now it evidently 
it's okay to be back in school and and to open up the businesses again. I see kids all the time. They're they're like half wearing their mask anyway. Yeah, I don't think the kids are real concerned. About no, what's like going I see on. kids. I see the kids all the time. Like I'm on the way to work. I see kids at the bus stop. So like the middle school kids, and they're all just running around with each other. Like well, might as well be shoulder to shoulder. Sometimes you know what I I, I live right down near University of Tampa, mm-hmm. and I'm always shocked that these young healthy kids are they'll be walking in plant park with nobody within 200 yards of them wearing on a, a beautiful day by themselves wearing a mask you know, like, well, I, I saw this old cheery married couple you know the like about 65 70 years old walking the park back in july when i was throwing the frisbee around social yeah. distancing of course of course with friends yes. throwing the frisbee around because you know it's good to be outside in the air right um, and these people were not walking around with masks on. This old elderly couple—they were just enjoying life. And I—I I was like, from that point on, I said, I have nothing to be worried about. Yeah, I played golf at uh, Bardmore a few months back, and you know there were a bunch of older gentlemen, probably—I mean, late sixties, early seventies—and they're like, I'm like, aren't you guys on? You know, wear masks and you know have your own cart? And they're like, no, not at all. We're good. We're good to go. We're outside. We're ready to go. And I think I think a lot of them just like I'm not going to live my life, you know, held up in a inside, locked inside. When on the, on a beautiful day, when I I don't have many days left, I want to get out and play golf. I get that absolutely. We have to learn to live with the virus, right? When yeah, did I, I say that? I th- I, back when did we say that? You're being careless, JP. March? You're not allowed to say that. Yeah. Uh, all right. You might hurt my feelings. Let's uh, let's listen. And a guy that has been, I think, you know, again, Bruce Arians has more to lose than just about anybody in this, you know, and he's out there working his butt off in this COVID atmosphere and making sure the Bucks are all doing the right things. I mean, a guy with heart issues, you know, maybe a little bit overweight, uh, old, all the right in the uh, the target area for this virus, but he has been um, steadfast and been there every day working his ass off, wearing his shield and making sure everybody else is doing the right thing. Are you assuming he's fat? Are you calling him fat? Is that a fat joke? I, I, I'm not fat shaming him. I'm just I'm like he's not um he's a little plump. Cancel culture might come get you, brother. It's I mean he's he he's no uh Shanahan, let's just put it that way. I mean hey he's, he's no Kingsbury. The guy guy enjoys a, a crown royal and a beer every now and then. Yeah, you know, he's gonna me. have a little little extra around the belly. Oh now yeah. see now, look look what you did to John now. I mean, come on now. Stop it. All right, let's listen into uh Santa Claus. Bruce <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if he, uh, he does have a little resemblance to him when he's got I, the white beard working. I do. I like him when he wears the shield. <laughs> he would. I hate the shield. I hate. I the, shield. I'm like, is he going to weld a pipe soon? Mm. Uh, all right, let's listen to uh, Bruce Harris asked about the Chiefs coming in the day before the game and the Bucks being here the whole week, but getting to sleep in their beds. Who has the advantage? Yeah, I think I think it's, it really helps them. You know, normally when, when you get to town at the Super Bowl, everybody's pulling and tugging. You try to get everything done the week before. And then when you hit town, you got all the media obligations and your practice and your game plans are all put in. Uh, I think it's a, it's a great advantage for them. It's just an away game. You know, they get they get to do their normal prep just like we do. Um, so I don't we, nobody's going to get tied up in all that stuff. I guess on the on the flip side of that, though, um, you guys have your guys at home, and I know they've done a good job this year of being careful. I mean, when you talk about like distractions, I mean they're at home, so so you can't even really sequester them in, in that way. How much do you think about that and the distractions you have playing at home Ooh. with family friends? 
Yeah, I think yeah. our guys, our guys have done a great, great job uh, of being accountable to each other um, with COVID all year, and uh, we'll continue to do that. And talked about, you know, family and friends testing before they ever enter your home, and uh, make sure get everybody tested and uh, be very, very smart about it. Can you imagine if we'll go back to Jenna Lane? Mahomes or Brady came up positive. Hey, Coach, um, you know, in covering you over the last two years, um, you know, there's a few things that stand out. You know, you're not afraid to be bold. You you have a lot of conviction to you, and, um, you know, you, you stick by what you believe in. And, and you could see that when you went out and, and, you know, said at the Combine that you wanted Tom Brady or, you know, when you made the decision to bring in Antonio Brown, when you challenged players to step up beyond just protests, um, you know, and to take action. And you saw that the changes that took place with the social justice committee. And so I'm just, you know, from kind of a personal standpoint, um, if you could just speak to the importance of, of having conviction and, and sticking true to your beliefs, staying true to your beliefs as a head coach. Yeah, I think that's, that's true just to be a person. Um, you know, I, I think what we're going through as a country, um, Mm-hmm. And what we're going through with the virus um, yeah. and everything, you just you just have to be committed. Um, and for me, it's easy. We have a cause, and when you get committed to a cause, and our cause is to put rings on our fingers, uh, you do everything you can. It's a noble uh, cause to reach that goal. They bought in. We'll go over to Luke Eastman. Hundred percent. Everybody has. Including Antonio Bruce, obviously, you know, we, we saw big plays from some of your most important players, the big names. We've already talked, you know, so much about what this means for, for Tom to go back to the Super Bowl. But can you point to maybe a, a couple of players or even moments or plays in that game Sunday that, that really turned the tide or were really key that, that maybe don't get enough credit right now? Yeah, I, I think Sean's interception was huge. Right uh, before the really, half. Really big. Um, I think our offensive line and tight ends, I mean, they, they don't get enough recognition how good they're playing this, mm. this last few weeks. Yep. And uh, the, the protection has been outstanding. We, we missed one blitz pickup um, that led to an interception, and that was probably the only really bad play. For that. Um, but everybody's, you know, all the big names, it was a five-star game, and the five-star players should show up. That was an awesome game. That was, you know, we always look back on the uh, – the Super Bowl win by the Buccaneers, and we say, what was the biggest win? It wasn't the Super Bowl. It was the win in the NFC Championship game. I don't think it'll be that way this time because of the formidable opponent in the Super Bowl, which would be Pat Mahomes. Not that the Raiders weren't formidable. They just didn't turn out to be very no, formidable. S- and the they were, smacked the Raiders yeah. in the Super Bowl. And we were favorites. Yeah, so. that's true. And we're I'm, this time. <clears throat> I'm making my declaration now. I think you guys are going to win the thing. The Bucks. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm... Honestly, I'm going to pick the Bucks. I would I just, love to see it only because you know it's it's history in Tampa. You're not going to see it again. Well, you might not see it again. I don't want you to pick them because you've picked Green Bay. You picked New Orleans. You're against the us. freaking curse, bro. Well, I picked New Orleans because it's my team. Duh. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. pick New Orleans. That's, then, it's a no bueno. And then you play. One. So you're saying we don't want him on the bandwagon? Well, I'm, I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. He's on too. I'm up jumping on the bandwagon. You, you know what? You're I not pick allowed. The Bills. Not, we gotta, we gotta call what? the Bucks no. police on them. No, you're not allowed. Pick no, pick the Chiefs. So you so you, you, you pick the Bills too, and they lost. No, we want you to pick the Chiefs. Stick with the Chiefs. I didn't even Go pick Mahomes. the Chiefs. No, we want you to. We don't want you on the bandwagon. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. I don't want Mahomes. I don't want Mahomes. We're not letting you on. I'm not jumping on. From here on, from the from the rest of the Super Bowl, I want you to be a Chiefs fan. Definitely not. The rest of the way. 
He's comes I'm watching he comes in tomorrow. He comes in tomorrow with the, with the I'm head, getting you the a headband. Mahomes jersey. And I'm I not want you to wear it. it all the way to see. No, <laughs> and I'm not going to wear it. Yeah, he'd wear a Kel- you we wear need a, a foil. Hall, You've been such a good foil the whole way with all your stupid Saints stuff. So we need it. We need you to be on the opposite side. Because I picked the two NFC ones, <laughs> but I picked the AFC up almost clean until the Bills lost to the Chiefs. You did, yeah. All right. Uh, is Sherman still on? No, I, I he turned away. He was a little angry. He was angry, but wasn't it you this he time? You it wasn't pieces, it you this time? He was, was he, he was just talking about the stats. Like he, he he was talking crap about Kansas City. He just thinks Kansas City's soft, and I think they're soft too. Well, uh, but, and that, yeah. honestly, that's nice. that's the thing that I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, the Browns should have beat them. The th- Raiders should have beat them the second time. I think I the more physical team wins most times, and I think without question the Bucks are the more physical team. Their offensive line is more physical. Their defensive line is more physical. Their defensive backs are more, and their linebackers are more physical. Their that, running game is more physical. On every level, the Bucks are more physical. But that's ultimately why I would feel like you guys are going to win. And the badass the defense. mofo. And I'm just saying. Offense wins game, defense wins championships. It's your defense that showed up in, in right. prime time. That's right. So there just you facts. Go. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not jumping on any bandwagon. It's just I'm, facts. I'm nervous. I'm nervous for Of course Kansas we're City. nervous. Of course, of course yeah. we're nervous. It's the freaking Kansas Super Bowl. You're not, playing, you're not playing a team that you're going to drub. You're you don't not know. Playing a slouch don't. Team there's, no, there's no such thing as Carlton Davis Island. Just know that. <laughs> no. There's no such thing. Why are, you, why are you picking on Carlton Davis? He did a hell of a job on Michael because Thomas. Because it seems like he gets really he plays really well when people like are at his throat. So I want him to do well. Well, he so he gave up one play last week. You get what you're going to do if you're in man-to-man coverage all game long against freaking Aaron Rodgers. He also you're got gonna... slapped in the face by Devontae Adams, but we're not going to call. We're, we did, that wasn't called. That wasn't called, oh right? How about God. that? Here we go. All right. Let's, you know, we uh, both can break tape down, and just like Devin's already doing on Twitter, you can break all the tape down on all you want on the Bucks penalties, but you're never going to see the other team's penalties because you're a Bucks fan. It's okay. No. We, the reason we, we, we've been a franchise of There wasn't of, any. Okay, getting, you guys played such a clean game. We've, the Bucks have been a franchise of getting ripped off by Horrible officiating for years because we're not as good. Now we got Brady, so we get the we get the calls. That's kind of we how it get works. the damn calls. Oh yeah, because yeah, Brady gets rules changed for him, so then That's he gets right. calls too. As that we comes back, with comes with the price tag. That's the, what you get for twenty five million. The Brady thirty million effect. with inside of incentives. The Brady effect. Yeah, that's what you get. So that's part of it. Well, you better enjoy it now because he's not going to be around for too much. Longer. Like you could even tell. Oh, the, you could even tell with the ref. You know, he went up to high five, but the ref's like, look. Or I'm already in your back pocket. Don't make me show it in public. And you're so proud I'm of not that? Gonna high five. <laughs> I see. I think. It's, yeah. I think it's the other he's way. On my I team. Be a Bucks fan. And he's be proud on my of that. team. Yeah. Somebody's got to get the calls. Hey, Why not us? Hey, the, the guys in black. Had, the guys in black and white on the field are bucking your fans. We've had long. We've long suffered with getting the ass end. Well, of for calls, the first 58 so. minutes, they were they were nobody's fans. In the last two minutes, it's all of a sudden they it's like they wore Bucks jerseys. I loved it. I love that they were letting them play. Yeah, they NFC were. title game. And, let and them look, smack each other in the mouth. Nobody had any problem with the officiating except the last call. And the guy, you know, look. Here, I got I got news for you. <laughs> can't even make it a problem. If it's it if call. it's for if it's third down or whatever it was in that situation, it was, it was third. The, down. With the game on the line, I got a little, little little thing for you. If you're a defensive back, don't grab the dude's jersey and hold it so it stretches out two feet. Okay, I agree. I agree. so why don't you take a little bit of responsibility <laughs> for being an idiot? You were in good position. Why not? the ball may, it may have been incomplete anyway? Why you got to grab the guy? Yeah, well, no, yeah. That's, that's just a dumbass play. That's if you make a dumbass mm-hmm. play, you shouldn't be rewarded. Well, no, that's what made me think about the the initial play that I was talking about back in the first half with Sean Mayfield Bunting. Just yeah. like you were saying, he was playing closer coverage. He was, he was he in was good right position. Next to him. And he yeah. got a pick, baby. Yeah. And, and I still tug. think I still think it was a pi call. No matter what you tug. say, you could see the shoulder pad after yeah. he pulled it back. But hey. 
could call that good, good, good no call. Honestly, yeah, it was a good no call, and I I agreed with I agree with you. Like that last call of the game, it had to be called. Like you if you don't make that you call, don't, you don't call that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, granted, Tom Brady turned 105 before that call was made, but that's okay. <laughs> Still winning Super Bowls, but no, Johnny, you're right. But because I think it's more so everyone's mad at that Packers Bucks game because of the inconsistency of the calls, not the necessary. Well, calls. Look, it wasn't inconsistent. It was a let you play to the last two minutes, and then a first, call that has to be called is yeah. going to be called. When usually it's backwards. Mm-hmm. You go back and look at that tape. If the Packers think that's the reason they lost the game, they're no. out of their freaking minds. No. No, they 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 had Scotty more than, ball. and I'll tell you, I'll tell you who the biggest goat for that day was. It's Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers had how many uh, op- opportunities Three. inside Three the ten? No, he had another series down there mm-hmm. inside the ten yard line where he he made three or four bad breeds or bad plays. I mean, he did not have a great game. Let's just be honest. Yeah, no, he, he was not at his, He took a, he took a lot of sacks he didn't need to take, or I'd say all right, a couple of them he he probably didn't need to take. Uh, he just did not play well. I mean, everybody wants to talk about how awesome he is. He had more than ample opportunity mm-hmm. to win that game, and he missed some throws badly. Well, you get three turnovers and you got six points out of it. Yeah, that's that's on you, Aaron Rodgers. And we you know, know, don't stop looking at the refs. Yeah, and we know the play that when he has the whole right side of the field open that everyone says he could have ran. Well, yes. I know why he didn't run. It's because he's been getting sacked and the speed That's of the right. defensive well, line was say, going after his ass well, they say all game the first, long. The second time he could have. The second time he I don't know. Dominican Sue might have. He wouldn't have made it to the end zone. He wouldn't have made it to the end zone, but at least run. Pick up yards. Fourth and goal from the four is a lot better than fourth and goal from the eight or nine. Exactly. But your nutless head coach wouldn't have gone for it anyway. Well, I mean, if you don't go for fourth and goal from the three, then you're an idiot. But Fourth and goal from the three in an NFC Championship game where you know you need to score a touchdown and you know you need a two-point conversion. It might have been different. It was definitely the better game of the two. Can we agree on that? But with what you said about the Scotty Miller pass, spot too, on analysis right there. I like that. Going spot. back to the Scotty Miller, what you said, you know, if that pass interference call was called, that that play doesn't happen. Hey, but that's what I'm saying. I, I, Everything I'm changes one, the game. I wanted to condemn Scotty Miller to be a one trick pony, but damn, does that one trick do the job? Let's go, Scotty. <laughs> Let's go, Scooter. I love what Ryan Ryan, um, uh, not Smith from Jensen. No, from Get Up. Ryan, Ryan Clark. Okay. Clark, yeah. What Ryan he said Foxworth. about that situation. Um, yeah, it's a little nice little blend there. Yeah. He's like, man, you can't let that white boy run by. <laughs> he, goes, <laughs> no. he goes, Kevin King can't even go back to the hood now. <laughs> and he's like, man, you let that white boy run by you like that in that situation. That's when they showed that cutaway on, on – I was like, I know what he's thinking. <laughs> I know exactly what he's thinking. He knows what he's going to get when he gets home. That that ain't that ain't no regular white boy. That's fast <laughs> ass Scotty Miller. Well, That's the scooter right there. That is the scooter. <laughs> well, it's funny. I had to calm Nicky Gems down. He's he's a resident Packer fan, and I had to tell him like, "Hey man, look." He's like, "We're firing the defensive coordinator tomorrow." I'm like, "No, there's no reason for that." Kevin King just got burnt. That's right. <laughs> Sometimes you just that was horrible technique. Although they did have a deep safety on the deep half. He just you know he went with Mike Evans, I think, instead of going with Scotty Miller. And look, can we just talk about what a great play that was? Yeah. Scotty and that dime. That fourth and that goal, freaking, Or fourth and down. But the dime that freaking Brady throws on the fourth and three, he throws a dime to Fournette. Awesome throw. And then that that, and it, that throw was perfect. I mean, absolutely perfect. Yeah, even though the down before, he almost got picked off and it was a drop interception. Should have been. Yeah, should have been. How does that guy just pull in? Was it Raymond? Know. Well, it just shows you don't give Brady second chances. You Big get burned. Mistake. Deep. <laughs> Big mistake. All right, quick break. Leo Haggard, he's going to join us, covering the Bucks for a long, long time, former NFL scout. 
editor-in-chief of It Sports Magazine. We will chat with him. Always fun to kick it around with Leo Haggerty. So stay with us. More Bucks Talk coming your way. The Big 8. 820 WWBA. The Big 8. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fans dream sports. All right, welcome back. And, of course, we want to welcome in a couple of new sponsors on board for the JP Bucks Super Bowl Palooza we got going on over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Glory Days Grill. If you have not found a place to watch the big game yet, this is a great place to go. $25 per person. You get reserved seating and unlimited food from the Glory Days Grill Super Spread menu. How about that? Unlimited food, Johnny. Huh? Call today to reserve your seat for the best big game party at Tampa Bay. Damn, you get all, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> tons of TVs. They you ever had the ribs there? Oh, and I'm sure that'll be on the menu too. The ribs are amazing. Uh, that's going to be February 7th, Sunday. Starts at 5 o'clock, so the game starts around 6, so you can get a good hour's worth of feast going, and then just keep bringing plates. Just keep bringing plates. So make a reservation right now. It's going to be limited. Tickets are limited at the Glories Days Grill Super uh, Sunday event. Also, we want to welcome in PDQ, our favorite chicken. Absolutely phenomenal. And they got a little BOGO thing going on for the Super Bowl. Buy 25 tenders, get 25 tenders free on Saturday, February 6th and Sunday, February 7th. I mean, if you're throwing a party, there you go. BOGO tenders. Why would you not do that? And then you got the uh, the chicken tenders, the signature sauces. So call your favorite Tampa Bay area location. Reserve your order right now. Pick up on Saturday or Sunday, February 6th or 7th. Uh, go to eatpdq.com to find a location near you. BOGO tenders on the 6th and the 7th. Get you some of that at PDQ. Their honey crunch sandwich. That honey, I think it's honey butter crunch sandwich. Have you had that? Oh. No, I have not. Oh, and they have the uh, the pimento cheese one too. Mm. Pimento cheese on top of fried chicken. Oh, come on, it's mm. too good. Good stuff. That's good stuff. You can have Leo Drew. PDQ Glory Days Grill. Thank you very much for jumping aboard. All right, uh, Leo Haggerty's going to join us here. He's been covering the Bucks for a long, long time. How long have you been covering the Bucks, Leo? Nineteen ninety nine. I started. Oh, I got you by two years, baby. <laughs> No, 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 JP, though. That's when I started covering it for the uh, Tudor Report and that. I started covering the Bucks in nine, Warren Sapp's rookie year. All right, you got I, me then. No, I, I was working for uh, one of the NFL scouting systems, Blesto. Okay. And I was, the home, I was the home team scout for the Bucks, and I was so proud of myself because after the first year, I put down Sapp Hall of Fame first ballot, Fastest fat man in football. <laughs> and you I nailed that you one, what, brother. You nailed oh, that one. He, yeah. is, he, he is that. And I'll tell you what. He, Warren Sapp is, is, is kind of like Tom Brady. You hate him till he's on your team. True that. True that. Um, not one of my favorite human beings, but one hell of a football player. Dude, oh, absolutely. Could, well, I, you know, I've talked a lot about that game uh, up in Lambeau Field, man. It was. I've never seen a defensive tackle dominate a game like that. You just you know you just rarely see a defensive tackle um, be able to dominate a game because you can always double team them, take them out of the game for the most part. They couldn't block him. They could put five guys on him. They weren't blocking him that day. No, they, and you're right, JP. And you know how you can tell how you had a great game 
when the opposing quarterback finds you before yes. he finds your quarterback <laughs> and says, man, I'll tell you what, I, Brett Favre was so happy that game was over. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Well, we got one hell of a matchup, but let me just ask you, um, going back to the NFC Championship game, what did you learn about this Bucks team in that championship game? What caught your eye? They won in spite of Tom Brady. Yeah, now, true that. Let me, let, me, let me say this. The first half they were winning because of Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. The second half they won in spite of Tom Brady. And again, I, I think Mike Evans got a bad rap on that pass he dropped. I mean, there was no one in Brady's line of sight. He yeah. threw it eight and a half feet in the air. I mean, when oh. you overthrow a six foot five guy, and, and JP, you played quarterback. I coach quarterbacks. You know, if you're throwing high, you're letting it go too soon. Yeah. So again, yeah. he he was rushing it, and I I don't understand why because they weren't getting to him. I tell you what, the Bucks offensive line. That's that's the one thing I learned. They're for real. Yeah, those guys ferocious. Are yeah, and and Stinney, they haven't missed a beat with him in there. I know that that's so, and that surprised me too because oh. they've been, you know, they've been running stunts and games on him trying to you know try to, but Jensen and Werfs have have certainly covered up for him and and he's done a, he's held his own it's a fantastic job. Absolutely, and you know what, JP, you tell a lineman when in doubt, hold your spot. Yeah. So if your guy starts going outside, just keep backing up and anchor. Because yep. somebody's coming. It's like a trap playing. If you're a defensive tackle and nobody's blocking you, you better start looking because someone's right. coming yep. from some other direction. Mm-hmm. No, and, and this is one of the reasons I'm picking the Chiefs because I, you know, I'm old school, Leo. And I, when I look at a game and I see two teams that are fairly even, and I think these two teams are fairly even, um, I say, who's the more physical team? And I don't even think it's close here. The Bucs have a much more physical running attack with Fournette and Rojo and their offensive line, a much more physical defensive line, especially when you add Vita Vea with Sue and JPP and and Shaq Barrett. Uh, their receivers are more physical. I mean, I think I think they're almost at every level they're they're more physical than the Chiefs. So I think that gives them the edge. What do you think? Oh, ab- absolutely. And you know, JP, here's what shocked me about Green Bay when you have. Vita Vea playing at one tackle and Sue at the other. They're eating up at least three guys, sometimes four. Yep. I was amazed that the Packers didn't max protect more and, and put a tight end or a back to either side because JPP and Shaq were just eating those tackles up. And it was yep. Just, yep. just a matter of time before they were going to get to Rodgers. Yeah. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, if you watch the Kansas City-Buffalo game, at least four times, maybe five. Buffalo's got a shot at putting Mahomes down. Free runner. And they, Free runner. They don't. They don't get there. Yep. They, for some reason, they, they just he avoids it. Yep. He's not avoiding that in two weeks. If that's fifty-eight or ninety coming, or it's forty-five coming, they're going to find him because yeah. they're better athletes. And I, I was just amazed Green Bay didn't, you know, help Rodgers out in that respect, and. Uh, you're right. I, I think they ought to, especially when Kansas City may be down three offensive linemen now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a, a, such a key factor in this game. And we were just talking about this with Anthony Becht. Um, so if you're down three offensive linemen, right, and you're Andy Reid, uh, what do you what do you do as a coach? Well, you got to max protect. You got you to either keep a back in or keep a tight end in or maybe both. 
um, in some situations. So what does that do? Well, that this whole Randy Reed offense is built on your five eligibles misdirection, right? Every play, your five eligibles are going this way, that way, this way. If you've got to now take one of those or maybe two and keep them in, it kind of messes up the entire philosophy that your offense is built on. Um, well, and, and J.P., you know it's not going to be Kelsey staying in the No, match. hell no. Well, I hope so, but Andy <laughs> Reid ain't that yeah. dumb. Oh. Yeah. Not a chance of that happening. But uh, I, I, I tell you what, if he can't run the football, which I, I'm going to be very interested to see if the Chiefs even try. They can't run the football with three new offensive linemen, Wait a two new it's tackles against against a team that gives up 80 yards a game on average running the football. They ain't running on the Bucks. They're not. No. No. And uh, – it's just <laughs> Green Bay tried, didn't work. I, I mean, you're just not going to do it. And I think Todd Bowles has a plan because we've seen him come up with two completely different defenses. He has been a metamorphosis. I thought you'd like that word. Yes. When it comes to his coverages of the Saints and the Packers, it was completely different than what they played during the season. Again, they took away, basically, Devontae Adams. They bracketed him all over the place. Mm-hmm. And Rodgers had no other place to go. So I'll tell you what, it was. Uh, i, I got to give Todd Bowles a lot of credit. He's definitely come up with schemes that have worked. But I'll tell you what, J.P., when, when Whitehead went down and they were two safety short, yeah. there were times it looked like a Chinese fire drill on yeah. defense trying to get yeah, a line. They, yeah, they, they had a hard time lining up a few times and. uh but that won't be the case in this game because Antoine Winfield's coming back. Uh, we don't know about um, Whitehead just yet. AB will be back, and the Chiefs will have um, uh, Levate. Levate uh, um, I'm sorry, Le'Veon Bell. So t- both teams getting more comfortable. But look, yeah. I, I just you know I, Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal. You, it's hard to handicap against them. But when I I look across the board, I just think the Bucks are a more physical and better team. So. Uh, we 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 shall we shall see. Uh, yeah, and JP, I'm going to wait till next week to make my prediction, just to have people come and listen to me. You know how that is. Yeah, but, of uh, course. Yeah. Hey, Saturday night, I went on with one of the CBS people from your your station there to covers it. That yeah. Guy's name is Carrington Harrison. What a great name. Carrington Harrison. Yes. yes. Bring me my tea. With, yeah, and I predicted to score 30-27, so I was a point off each way. But damn, uh, That's damn good. I, I, I'll tell you what, I don't know who's going to win this one yet. i I got to look at it. But I'll tell you what, I think the loser's going to be in the 30s. I think it's going to be a lot of points scored. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, I just you know, The Kelsey thing, the Bucs have had trouble covering really good tight ends. They had trouble when he was here. He's just, he's just everybody tries to stop him. He's freaking uncoverable. He's just that good. I mean, that to me is is one of the that's and, and Tariq Hill. We didn't cover him that day, except the second half. We did a better job, but still, I, I think Todd Bowles will definitely come up with something better than he than he had in the first half against the the, the Chiefs uh, way oh, back yeah. when. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? It, all of a sudden, Tariq Hill vanished after Anton Winfield put a big time hit on him on the sideline. That's a good point. All of a sudden, I remember that. That was like the turning point of that game. But all of a sudden, okay, uh, we, we may have to look around and see what these guys are. Yeah. And again, I, I, 
<laughs> the way 45 and 54 are playing at linebacker, mm-hmm. man, I'll tell you, I I don't want to be a quarterback because Todd Bowles' blitz packages, they're kind of like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They come at you in ways you don't expect. Mm-hmm. And if you're not expecting it, boy, you got a free runner and sometimes two, and that could, that could get really interesting. Well, I think it's it's a good point you make is, you know, watching the Bills. I mean, if you're a defense coordinator for Buffalo, you're dialing up blitzes where guys are coming literally scot-free. Nobody's blocking them. And th- what they tend to do is they get so excited about it, they don't break down. They just run, and they and Mahomes is so good at just slipping them here and there and being able to escape and throw off platform and make an amazing play. That's how he demoralizes defenses. And the Bucks. Their athletes are so good. Their rushers, you know, hopefully they'll nullify that for the most part. I got to go back and look at the tape, but I don't recall home, uh, Mahomes getting out after the first quarter. I don't recall him getting out of the pocket too often. Um, but but I probably need to go back and look at that tape. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it, it was a whole different night and day because you know we saw the Bucks defenders running Rodgers down, but we didn't see that with Buffalo. No, that nobody no. was and. and Supposedly Mahomes has the turf toe, and I tell you, he, he's walking funny. There's no doubt about yeah. that. But, he ran know, better uh, last game, though. He ran much better last well, game than he did the game before. Maybe they got that Novocaine shot in a little earlier, yeah. so it took effect. Yeah, then, I don't, I don't, I don't think it. I don't think it'll be a factor in this game, though. Two I don't weeks, think, not after uh, two weeks. No, uh, no, not at all. Unless and, and you know Sue happened to step on his toe. Uh, he may do that. Highly and, advisable. And, yes. Yeah, and but you know, JP, the nice thing is. No one can say the Bucks backed into this. They beat the number four, the number two, and the number one teams on the road. And that's amazing. And it's kind of comical when you look at the Tampa Bay sports scene this year. Mm. The Lightning win the Stanley Cup. They could have had 12 playoff games at home, no yeah. money. Tell me about the it. The Rays, playoff games, no money. And here the Bucks are on the road every time. Yep. Super Bowl here. No money. No money. That's a shame. No, I know. It's crazy. Boy, uh, I feel sorry for Stu Sternberg. No, I don't. I don't either. No. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, if you want to stick around, I'm going to lambaste him uh, uh, next segment here for this latest, this latest middle finger to, uh, to the Tampa Bay community. So, well, you know what? The only person dumber than him has to be Bill O'Brien when he traded away Hopkins. I mean, what? Uh, Stu is not dumb. He's just greedy as <laughs> he's the greediest person yeah, well, I've ever. He's the he great like greedy. A fox, right? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, no. and dude. I wish I was his business partner because you're you printing money. But uh, as an owner of my baseball team, not a fan. Now well, the good the good news is that half season Montreal, half season Tampa is now flushed down the toilet wow. because you, that, that's that's not happening. And JP, I miss you at the Lightning game. I mean, well, that's, that's I miss being at the Lightning Games, bro. Oh. Trust me. So does my bank yeah. account. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. I got on today with the Zoom call, and, uh, you know, I asked uh, Luke Shen. I said, Luke, you could go through an entire season this year and not play a Canadian team. How's that <laughs> resonate with you? He said, you know what? I'm from British Columbia. Yeah. It's great for those Canadian teams because, you know, it's must-see must, must see TV, but, yep. you know, I don't get to go home. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, but what's going on? They have Canada locked down, just absolutely locked down. Oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and yeah, well, good luck to them. 
Uh, all right, partner. Good stuff as always. We'll uh, we'll chat with you next week. It'll be Super Bowl week. Absolutely. And hey, JP, real quick. I was coming north on Dale Mabry, and I went by the Black Rock. I went by PDQ, and I'm heading up to Glory Days. All right. You're just hitting all of our sponsors there in the North Dale Mabry. Fantastic. All right. Thanks, partner. Absolutely. All, all right, right, buddy. Hey, we'll have to do there one time once this craziness gets over. Oh, absolutely. 100%. 100%. Love Black Rock. I love them brother. all. Love them all. Yep. Those are some of my favorite yep. places. All right, we will take a quick break. When we come back, you'll hear from the mayor, Rick Kreisman. He had a uh, press conference today. And you, if you haven't heard the latest from Stu Sternberg and the Rays, an <laughs> even bigger middle finger to the community. Next. This ain't no temporary, typical, tearful goodbye. Time to get back to the show. This has only just begun. More with JP on Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back to uh, our Super Bowl run-up. We got great guests coming on. Sal Palatonio will join us. He was at Lambeau Field for the NFC Championship game, and we'll be covering his 10th Tom Brady Super Bowl. If you're scoring at home, that's every single one. Uh, quick thank you to the great folks at Italiano Insurance for supporting this great program that you're listening to. They've been big supporters for a long, long time, and they could save you tons of money with the insurance checkup. We do it at the first of every year. Just give them all your insurance from your home insurance, auto insurance. They saved me $800 on my six-month policy last time they shopped my car insurance around. So that's Shoot, that's sixteen hundred for the year. That's a lot of money. Uh, good friend of mine saved twenty six thousand dollars on his business insurance. He was uh, having his uh, golf buddy handle his business insurance. So we heard our ad. He called Italiano. They uh, kind of got him a better policy, and he didn't need as much coverage as he had at that particular time. Saved him twenty six thousand dollars. So if you want to save that kind of money, give him a call at eight one three eight seven seven seventy seven ninety nine and let them shop your insurance. Say I want the JP insurance checkup. Eight one three eight seven seven seventy seven ninety nine. A human being will answer the phone. How about that? Great customer service, and they will save you some money. So. Give them a call, Italiano Insurance, 813-877-7799. Making a difference in our community for over 60 years. Um, all right, back to the phones before I rip Stu Sternberg. Jim in Tampa. What's up, Jim? Hey, hey JP. You know, the one thing Leo missed is uh, um, Brady was awesome for the first 33 minutes. But the one, and I get it, he threw a high ball to Evans. But the, the pass before that, the dime he threw Evans on the sideline that if Evans that went right through his hand, yeah. if he catches yep. that pass, yep. the Bucks would have scored another touchdown. I, I guarantee it. And the game would have been over. The defense would have taken over and you wouldn't have had that third interception. I'm telling you that miss that Evans made was, was a key. I mean, Huge. cause I think the Bucks would have just wiped them out. So that was a key. And, and it just made Brady's stats look a little worse. But if Evans makes that catch, I think they would have scored a couple plays later, and that would have been all she wrote. I just want to get your take on that. Well, I mean, I mean, thanks, buddy. The Bucks have have done a lot of good things in this postseason. Uh, one of them is is not catching the football. 
they have dropped um, more. They have had more drops. This is from our good friend Sal Pal, who we'll talk at five o'clock in just a few minutes. They have more drops than any other team in the playoffs in twenty years. Yet they've won each and every one of these games. Yeah, I mean there were so many drops uh, in the previous game, and and I think freaking Godwin had four or five. I, I guarantee you, having pins in that finger. It's it's I've, we've never seen him drop balls like this. Of course, he did make that great catch too, right after he dropped the one. Um, but that ball to Evans, you know, that's a ball you got to throw over the linebackers. And I kind of feel like Evans kind of mistimed his jump a little bit there. I, it wasn't the perfect pass, but a, a receiver the caliber of Mike Evans got to catch that. I think Mike would be the first one to tell you that. And if he catches that, he scores. And this game, that game's over. So it, that's not even as close as as it was supposed to be. Um, all right, if you want to jump in here, 727-518-0820 is the number. I wanted to hit this real quick because we got Sal Powell coming up at the top of the hour. Um, if you missed it today, uh, Mayor Kreisman over in St. Petersburg had a, um, a press conference uh, on the redevelopment of the TROP. The, the, the short story on this is the Bucks are, I mean the Bucks, the Rays and Stu Sternberg are trying to hold the city hostage on the redevelopment of this until they get what they want. And what they want is absolutely ridiculous. They want a majority of the acreage with 100% of the de- redevelopment of funds going to them and the rest the city can have um they you know they can develop it after they get done um doing whatever they're going to do a tropicana field and you know it's it's completely untenable what the rays are doing now they have the right to veto any redevelopment uh project that is on this 86 acre site until their lease runs out on 2027. They're entitled to 50% of the revenue from the redevelopment of that until 2027, which is a sweetheart deal. I mean, that is an absolutely sweetheart deal. Now, what any community responsible person would do is say, all right, how can we work with you, St. Pete, to be the better for the betterment of everybody? Um, what they should do is say, if there was a new owner, if MLB put in a new owner right now, which I think they should do, you know what that new owner would do right now? It'd say, thank you so much for the proceeds of this redevelopment, and we want to work with you to get that started as soon as possible because we're going to start building a new stadium in Ybor City with a translucent roof, and we'll pay half. We'll be gladly pay half, especially with the money we're going to make in the next 30 to 40 years at that location in the 11th largest market with Orlando right down the road and all the people that are moving to Florida, most from the Northeast that'll come see their Yankees and Red Sox and everybody else play. I mean, it's going to be a cash cow with a new stadium in Tampa. Any new owner would do that, except Stu Sternberg, because he knows he can he can suck every dollar and hold the city of St. Petersburg hostage on this redevelopment. I mean, imagine, imagine just calling the mayor and going, yeah, and, and here's the other thing. The mayor's done such a great job with all these uh, developers that have come in and, and given these great presentations for what they would do with the redevelopment of the TROP site with the stadium or without a stadium. And it's so exciting what can happen for the city of St. Petersburg, the residents, you know, more affordable housing, you know, possibly a convention center to bring in more tourism, which is is desperately needed. You know, there's a lot of uh, social justice initiatives that can be fulfilled um, from the people that were wronged when they first built Tropicana Field. That would be great. All these great positives that can happen. And the Rays would still make 50 percent of the redevelopment revenue, which is obscene anyway. But not. That, but that's not enough for them. That's not enough for Stu Sternberg. No, he wants the majority of the acreage and all the money from that 
and but he still wants the 50% from the remaining acreage that he would allow St. Petersburg to redevelop. I mean, it's insane how greedy this dude is. And this is all after gutting his World Series team to get the payroll down below $40 million after they trade Kevin Kiermaier. Yeah, they'll be competitive, but they're not going to be World Series favorites like they may have been if they kept Charlie F. and Morton and Blake Snell. And they still would have had a payroll around $70 million. But this greedy guy wants more. How do you, how do you publicly publicly make this and they were at this press conference this morning with Mayor Kreisman and I don't know why they they didn't talk they didn't answer any questions as far as I know at least not on the video that I saw I haven't seen any quotes from them but for this to be their proposal I mean I just can't imagine why other media outlets can't see and Major League Baseball can't see that this guy is the impediment to getting a new stadium done and to getting letting the people of St. Petersburg move on from this mistake that they made. I won't call Tropicana Field a mistake. I won't do that because it got the Rays here and they've had some glorious seasons here. Um, And it's been fantastic for St. Petersburg, but it's just time for the next evolution of this team. And that's to move it to Tampa. And if we had a new owner or any owner that was semi-community responsible, this would have been done a long time ago. But the greed that this ownership group shows and their lack, their complete lack of partnering with our community is just another big middle finger. Please give him an expansion team in Montreal. Give us a new owner and let us move forward in St. Petersburg and Tampa without Stu Sternberg. All right, quick break. Sal Palatonio coming up next. Stay with us. Okay, hit it. Big eight. 820 WWBA. Fan Street Sports. Tap the app. Oh, yeah. Fan stream sports. Download it today. Now back to more with JP. All right. Welcome back. Yes, it is a dream come true, a dream matchup. The young stud, future Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes against the GOAT, Tom Brady. And the man that has covered all 10 Super Bowls of Tom Brady will be there again. And here in our midst in Tampa, he is the great Sal Palatonio from ESPN, and he joins us now. What's up, Sal Pal? How are you? Part of your thought out from Lambeau? Oh, man. Uh, it was pretty cold, and it was a long day, <laughs> but that's what you expect if you're going to be in the NFC Championship game in Lambeau Field. It was a, it was an absolutely riveting football game. Oh. It's uh, much better than we deserved, considering all the the pandemic protocols that have been placed. But I'll tell you, the, all credit goes to these players uh, all over the National Football League and these coaches and the staffs and the medical teams and the athletic trainers to make sure that these players are ready. No, no, no positive tests. No positive tests in the last week in the NFL. That is unbelievable. That's fantastic. And, you know, the, the players have done such a good job here. And, and he really he got a tip of cap to uh, Bruce Arians because he's kind of been the, the mask police for the Buccaneers. I mean, obviously, given his, his uh, uh, health issues over the years, I mean, he had to be really, really careful. And, and may I say courageous in coaching this year. And he's done a heck of a job. And, and the Bucks have not had a whole lot of issues with it. And I hope to, <laughs> they'll be home with their families all during Super Bowl week. Let's hope uh, little Johnny doesn't come home with uh, with something <laughs> that one of these players catches because we don't want to see that for the Super Bowl, right? We, no, 
We don't want to see no, that. No, it's kind of a double-edged sword Yeah. for the home team, right? Yeah. yeah. They get to stay in their own beds. They get to sleep in their own beds. They get to do their normal routine, nothing out of the ordinary, as Bruce Arians said. But they're also at home, and the game is in Tampa. So they really have to, really have to make sure that they guard against people from coming from out of town and invading their COVID pod. That, that's the key. No family and friends staying in your house. Don't go to see family and friends out to dinner. Mm-hmm. It's one more week, actually two, starting yes. yesterday. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's 14 more days of literally living in this self-imposed bubble. It's not going to be easy. Because everybody around town is going to be talking about the game. And you have to just think of yourself as a hired gladiator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have just two weeks left to keep yourself healthy and whole. Sal, you, let me tap into your experience here. You've seen every Super Bowl that Tom Brady has played in. Um, I think you probably know his inner workings better than anybody in the media business in terms of his leadership value. And what is it about these Super Bowl games um, that he has been been able to be so successful and in the clutch, the comebacks, the you know the management of the time, it, it just he just doesn't seem to to wilt under the most enormous of pressure. What can you put it into words? Why he's so good in these moments? I certainly can, having covered all ten of them yeah. and seen the evolution of this uh, of this great athlete. Uh, I remember being in the lobby of the JW Marriott in New Orleans. When Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady went up to Bill Belichick's suite, and Bill Belichick told Drew Bledsoe that Tom Brady was going to start the game against the Rams. So I've been there literally since the birth of his Super Bowl career in New Orleans. And uh, I, I think the, the, if you want to start with the first thing, let's start with the preparation and practice. So yep. what will happen, I can tell you, just as covering the Patriots teams. What will happen is this, JP, and this is important for all Bucks fans who are listening to this now. Mm-hmm. Brady will be extremely grateful, and then he will turn on his teammates and just make it super competitive and super intense. And he will really get some intensive practices in prior to the Super Bowl. He will challenge the defense. He will challenge his offensive linemen. He will challenge his fellow offensive skill players in practice. He will really ratchet up the pressure on them. Mm. He will really turn the competition up on them. And he will understand that he has faced Steve Spagnuolo before. And it has not gone well, especially uh, in that Super Bowl. And he'll make people understand that this defense is going to be for real and they are going to come after him. You know, his mm-hmm. one and loss record against Spagnolo is two and three. And the Super Bowl mm-hmm. loss in Super Bowl 42, um, you know, he's thrown four interceptions <clears throat> and been sacked 13 times in five games facing Spagnolo as a defensive coordinator. And that's important, and yeah. he will make that known, and so yeah. will Bruce Arians make that known. He's thrown four interceptions, sacked 13 times. The only playoff game was Super Bowl Forty Two, when the Spagnolo defense of the Giants beat that undefeated Patriots team. I I did not realize that. That is a, a part of the chess game that we're going to have to pay 
a lot of attention to. And this this Bucks offense has evolved. I mean, perfectly. They are peaking at the right time, with the exception of one thing: they're dropping a lot of footballs, and they can't do that against a team this good that will not give you a second chance. Uh, we were texting about that earlier, and. It's kind of weird because a lot of them have come from Godwin, who I think has the best hands in football. Man, I think that those pins that he had in his his uh, finger may have affected him because it's I've never seen him drop balls like he's doing. Crazy. Hard to say about that. Yeah, it's a it's good speculation. It's certainly something we should ask him about. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bucks have had eleven drops in the twenty twenty playoffs, already the most by any team in a single postseason in the last fifteen years. Wow. Godwin has six of the 11 drops. And he may be feeling a little discomfort or, you know, it might be difficult uh, from that broken finger. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of drops for him. He has got great hands. He's a great route, run, route runner. You know, Evans had a drop in the NFC Championship game. Yep. Godwin had a drop. Fournette had Fournette two. Fournette had a drop. Yep. Uh, Fournette had two. Tyler yep. Johnson yep. Uh, had a drop. So uh, there were a lot of drops in that game. There were there were a lot of drops in that game. It's something that they can't afford they, because it's it's a different defense that they will face uh, in this game. Um, if you go back and look at the NFC Championship game, the Packers under Mike Pettin did not blitz mm-hmm. until the second half. They blitzed only 13% of the time in the first half against Tom Brady. 13% is the lowest percentage that any team in these playoffs has blitzed at all. 13% was the lowest. In the second half, Mike Pettin made an adjustment, went up to 29% blitz, forced Brady to throw three second-half picks. I contend that if Pettin had blitzed Brady in the first half, Half mm-hmm. like he did in the second half, the Packers would have had a real serious chance of winning the football game. There's, there's no question about that. Now you look at Spagnolo against the Bills. He blitz forty percent of the time. Mm. Now the Bucks are the kings. They blitz forty five percent of the time against Aaron Rodgers because you know Todd, what Bo- they do. Todd Bowles would blitz. But he he blitz his own family. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean he's. The, the, the dude wants to blitz. And you know what? Here's the most amazing thing. And I, you know, the most amazing thing is Todd Bowles, that unbelievable mastermind of defense, beat Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay in the NFC Championship game, the number one seed in the NFC, without his starting two safeties. Yeah. Without Winfield, without Whitehead. Whitehead goes out of the game. I mean, everybody who knows a Todd Bowles defense knows that it's safety-driven. He wants to break down the protection but protect the house. Yep. So, uh, and that's what your safeties are designed to do in this defense, protect the house while you're breaking down the protection with blitzes. So he doesn't have his starting safeties. And he holds Aaron Rodgers to six points off three turnovers by Tom Brady. I mean, to me... That coaching job that Todd Bowles did in that NFC Championship game was one of the best I've ever seen in any postseason game ever. I I, I totally agree, and and it's going to be so key in this in this Super Bowl as well because you know obviously in the last matchup they tried to put Carlton Davis on uh, Tyree Kill in the first uh, quarter 
and no safety help over the top, and he, all he did is go for 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns. That's not going to happen again, and Winfield's going to be back, and that's going to be huge for the Buccaneers. I, we don't know about Whitehead yet, but Winfield back is going to be going to be huge for them. Do you think that's the biggest – well, let me just ask you, what do you think is the biggest matchup in this game that's going to determine it? What, what segment against well, what segment? Well, let's, let's talk about Carlton Davis III against Tyreek Hill. I know that in practice – and in the meeting rooms before the game against Kansas City, Todd Bowles was telling Carlton Davis III, make sure you play outside leverage so that you force Tyreek Hill to the middle of the field where you'll have help. Mm-hmm. Hill did such a good, good job of getting outside leverage right off the bat off Davis, leaving Davis one-on-one, you know, and the sideline being the other defender. Mahomes is so good, so accurate, so quick with the release. Hill's got such speed and and runs the route so well and has such great hands that you can't do that. If it's you and the sideline, you lose. Mm -hmm. If it's you and your safety help on the inside, you have a chance to win. So I agree 100%. So what you're going to see in practice all week is the scout offense is going to challenge Carlton Davis to play inside leverage on the outside receiver, on the wide receiver on the right side, to make sure that he doesn't get beat deep and there is safety help available. Because if Hill's got the outside, it's over. Well, and everybody comes into a game saying we got to stop Hill and we got to cover Travis Kelsey, and nobody seems to be able to do it. And my my question is this, Sal, with three offensive linemen down for the Chiefs, two tackles down, Vita Vea back, mm-hmm. the Bucks able to get pressure mm-hmm. with four, but you know, as you mentioned, he's mm-hmm. still gonna blitz. To me, I don't think the Chiefs will be able to run the ball against this Bucks defense, not down three offensive linemen. And I don't know how well they're gonna be able to, to protect Patrick Mahomes against this ferocious uh pass rush. I I, I just see this is a, is a pretty damn good matchup for the Buccaneers with all those offensive linemen down. And if Andy Reid has to somehow bring a tight end or have a back here and there, that kind of messes up what he likes to do with all his five eligibles and all the misdirection going on. So seems to me that Andy Reid right now is probably sitting in the lab trying to figure out how he's going to protect Patrick Mahomes against this pass rush. I would agree with you 100%. Go back to the Super Bowl last year. Go back to all three playoff team games that the Chiefs were involved in last year. Uh, it took four quarters for Patrick Mahomes to finally do some magic and figure things out. Yep. And that's the thing is the, there'll, there'll be matchups that will favor the Bucks. There'll be circumstances that will favor the Bucks. The question is, do the Bucks have enough discipline in quarter number four, late in third quarter and in quarter number four after that long halftime to sustain the proper defense against this Chiefs multiple offense. That's going to be the game right there. I'm telling you. Now, we, you and I will yep. break down the game yep. next week. I'll be in Tampa. Yep. And uh, next Thursday, I'll be on your show at 5 o'clock. I'll have been with the Bucks all week. Yep. And uh, I will be in the ESPN compound in St. Petersburg, and then I'll go to one buck. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll really break down the game. But I, I agree with you that on paper right now, the way things look, 
it's going to be up to Reed and Mahomes to figure out a way late in the third and in the fourth quarter to to really do some damage against this defense. Mm-hmm. If the Bucks if the Bucks have to come back in the fourth quarter, they lose the game. There's not going to be a comeback. Because it's not going to happen. Can't get the ball away from Spagnolo is just yeah. going to no, no because no 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 because Spagnolo well yes that's one yeah because you can't get the ball away from Mahomes because by that time you're just you're just dead tired yeah but also because Spagnolo is just going to he is not going to stop he's not going to make the mistakes that Mike Pettin did yeah he's just not he's not going to stop blitzing he's not going to stop coming after Brady if they get a taste of the victory. Um, they're they're just going to bite off more than you know more than Brady can handle. All right, so so you guys are the compound is in St. Petersburg. The ESPN is that where you're? Yeah, we're out in St. Petersburg um, on the beach down there. Looking forward to it. Okay. Uh, looking forward to just coming into town and um, Wait. and I'll, uh, I'll 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 see you on Saturday. I'm looking forward to getting together with the guys. I haven't been down in Tampa all year. Gonna gonna. Uh, Going to get a little sunshine after the freezing temperatures up in yeah. Green Bay. Looking forward. I mean, to me, to me, JP, listen. You know, this is my twenty eighth Super Bowl, twenty sixth with ESPN. Right? Yeah. This is the best Super Bowl I've, matchup I've ever seen. It's it's going to be so many great storylines. And by the way, you already have an uh, an invite to uh, my friend's Italian restaurant, uh, Cafe Paradiso, my good friend Paolo Tini. You might actually recognize the food because he says you go to his dad's restaurant, Cesar, at the beach. Uh, you're... Oh, my God. <laughs> Caesars at the beach. Are Caesars. you kidding me? Caesars, yeah. And Clearwater? No, this is in Tampa. You t- you t- I'm going to yeah. say this right on the air right now, okay? Yeah. So – my wife and I eat like at five restaurants around the country. Right. One of them here in Jer- two of them here in Jersey. Okay. Uh, another one in New York. Number four, number one on the list in the state of Florida is Caesars on the Beach. Yep, that's the one. So what we do is we stay at the Sand Pearl mm-hmm. and we walk down there. Yeah. And I always get the uh, I always get um, uh, the spaghetti with the meat sauce. Hmm. And uh, he's got the greatest bread south of Philadelphia. That guy's got great bread. It's a fantastic place. Service is great. It's super good. We see the Phillies in there all the time. It's the place to be. I don't know. Is it open? Are they because they have yeah. outdoor seating there? I'm oh yeah, it's, it's open. open. Yeah, everything's open here, partner. We're, this is Florida, baby. This is a wild, wild west. Everything's open. We're doing great here. And his son, <laughs> well, his listen, son, Apollo. Hey, listen, I'm looking forward to it now. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. We'll after tennis, we'll go to a Cafe Paradiso in Tampa, and you'll you'll you'll. It's the same stuff. You'll love it. The best Italian food you've ever had. So it's all there for you, partner. We'll see you then, partner. Okay, brother. All right. Great to see you, Thanks Antonio. a lot for having me on the show, JP. Hey, anytime, okay. man. Thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. The fans love it here. They love it. Huge favorite. The great Sal Palantonio. Um, we're going to eat good next week. We're going to party. We got some parties lined up. The Super Celebrity Shootout. That's which is going to be Chris Godwin. That's not featuring Chris Godwin. Saturday night, <laughs> but it will it will benefit his great charity there for uh, Animal Rescue, which is awesome, and David Ortiz's great charity, which is to help um, 
young kids in third world countries get life-saving heart surgeries. Yeah. So that is uh, that's, that's going to be great. So it's supercelebrityshootout.com. Go get your tickets right now. It's going to be the best party. It's Saturday night before the Super Bowl. Top golf's going to re- be rented out ten or I'm sorry, nine o'clock to twelve o'clock. You can golf with your friends. We still have some bays available, or you can golf with a celebrity if you want to. It's going to be unlimited food, beverages. Uh, just it's going to be the best party of the entire week. Socially distanced outside at Top Golf. So there you go. Um, go to super supercelebrityshootout.com. Get your tickets now. It's going to sell out fast. So yeah, I figure Chris Godwin's helping us out. We should help him out as well. Absolutely, and a great charity, great charity, Animal Rescue. All right, uh, quick break. We're going to come back and uh, talk a little lightning. Or if you want to jump in here and talk some bucks or some rays on the developments today, seven two seven five one eight zero eight twenty is the number. Coming up a little bit later, a snippet of our incredible interview we had yesterday with James Brown from CBS Sports. Stay with us. Eight twenty WWBA. It's time to get your nothing but pure sports here. Now back to the show with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Hey, don't forget about the great folks at Black Rock Bar and Grill that uh, during COVID fed so many of our first responders and law enforcement folks gratis. They did a lot of that, and now they're back in business. Business is booming. Their uh, bottomless brunch, eighteen ninety nine for those bottomless mimosas and and uh, bloody marys. I would just be irresponsible in that situation. I think you can get uh, some great stuff. The waffles, every flavor: strawberry, blueberry, chocolate. On their brunch menu, they have homemade quiches. They've got omelets made to order, and of course. The bottomless mimosas and Bloody Marys. That's eleven to two on Sundays, eighteen ninety nine. They also have their trio for two, um, which is a sizzling date night, as they like to call it. Two of the signature steaks, a side and dessert for just twenty nine ninety nine. Call ahead for priority seating at the Black Rock Bar and Grill. Two locations: Carrollwood and Brandon. All right, back to the phone seven two seven five one eight zero eight twenty. That was a great interview with Sal Pal, wasn't it? That dude is awesome. It was fantastic. Always a good. Always yeah, a love South I wish so he had gonna, Twitter so we can like you know follow each other and he can retweet the show. He's not a big Twitter guy. Dude, he's 20, on Instagram though. Twenty eight Super Bowls. Yeah, how about Dallas? <laughs> I've been to like. I just want to go to one. I think like five or six. I think I've covered. I just want to go to one. Well, just think twenty eight of those. Out of those twenty eight, ten of them have been Brady, right? <laughs> how about that? Yeah. That's just that's forty eight. Brady's been to forty eight percent of the Super Bowls since he's been in the league. Since he came to the league, he's been to 48% of the Super Bowl. So you're telling me he's only 2% shy of a Half. coin flip. So if maybe Brady's those two he didn't go to. What do you, here's a question Is Brady going to go to the Super Bowl, yes or no? Here's Boom. a question for you guys. <laughs> it's the same odds. So after he goes back-to-back um, Super Bowls with the Bucks, Yeah. And, and back-to-back eight. Super Bowls with the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> what does he do next? What does he do after that? Well, if he goes back-to-back, he's probably going to come back and play till he's like 80. Be the first, Be the first quarterback to go three in a row. What do you, what do you, he keeps he, coming back any longer. They're going to start televising these games on the history station. He's not going to be a coach. He's not going to be a coach. <laughs> he's not going to be a coach. He's not doing that. Why not? I just don't think he's uh, too much of a family man. Yeah. He's, well, then he's, he's going to be a GM. Mm, no. Nah. All those take way too much work and time away from your family. I just don't see him doing that. Um, he might. You never know. 
Well, Giselle already got mad at, mad at him for not, you know, spending a lot of time with the family. I he can't, did. I can't he, got even, it. he got a talking to. Yeah, yeah. Got, he still keeps the note if you or watch maybe Tom time. Make, so. yeah. Maybe he makes a whole TB12, like, training center. Yeah, I think that could be it. Like, his, his it. crusade to make, you know, make America fit again. What is that? M-A-F-A. Mafa. <laughs> He's going to have Mafa hats. <laughs> the boys are Make America again. fit again. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, you know, and that's a, that'd be a great quest for him, right, to do that. But it's got to be something more substantial. Yeah. Maybe politics? No. No, think? Not after what he. People, He's too straight. People, people, <laughs> uh, people, uh, it's, it's awesome that people forgot that he was sporting a MAGA hat. Well, so what? Exactly. Exactly so what, but not to the rest of the country. <laughs> 80, million, Some, 80 million people disagree with you. Somebody's <laughs> going to bring that up this week. You know that's going to happen because um, he'll actually have to face questions, unlike our president. Uh, all right. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> how do you how do you fire the cannons? How do you not take real questions from from the media? I think you like during a, a campaign <laughs> or as president, even as president, you're not going to be accountable to the people. How is that possible? That's but just a bunch of a malarkey. Oh. That is a bunch of malarkey. Oh my God. Uh, and, that's not, and that's not being left or right. That's just, can we have responsible government? Can we have responsible government to the people? JP, you're asking for too much now. President Tom Brady. All right. right. Back to the phones. To uh, yeah. Or a few. We need, hey, that's what I'm talking about. We need some leaders in this freak, like real leaders in this country, not these whack jobs that we get our choices of voting for. Well, Todd God from Tampa sakes. is going to lead the charge. All right, Todd in Tampa. What's up, brother? Let's get down to business. Let me say something about back to back. I don't we're right, right now. If you don't win this game, nobody wants to talk to you. Nobody wants to talk to the butt right now. Everything's on the table. All the money's on the table. All the fame's on the table. All the glory's on the table. Tampa's on. Everything's on the table right here. We're all in. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell the team we're all in. Okay. We don't. Stu Sternberg. The team needs to be over here in Tampa. That I ain't got time for you right now. Right now, our whole focus <laughs> is defense, defense, defense. You understand me? I want you to light up Mahomes. Y'all should have won that game. Y'all were 28 to 10 up. Y'all should have buried them in, in Lambeau. 28 to 10, and you let them back in the game. There's no excuse for that. I don't want to see that happening again because if you get up 28 to 10 and you let Mahomes get hot, it could be lights out for us. Okay? Brady I want to see. Back in I, want, I want to say, I know, but Brady, but Lord, Leonard Fournette didn't come over and pick up that blitzer. If he had his head on a swivel, he would have stepped, and Brady would have stepped up and drove that ball. Mike Evans should have caught one of those. Mike Evans is a, is, is a Randy Moss of today. Mike Evans, <laughs> right here, is his time to say, I'm the best receiver in the game when the money's on the table. That's Go what I'm me. talking about. That's what I'm talking about, okay? And I'm talking about the rest of you receivers got to pick up your game, too. Okay, Chris Godwin, you yes, had a sir. big catch over the middle. You had a big uh, big bomb, but you dropped a couple, too, yes, that you should have had. Yes, okay? he did. So we can't, we can't have that, okay? Tyler Johnson, you dropped one, but you caught one over the middle when we had to have it. Yep. Okay, so you guys came through. Miller, you caught one, but I seen you drop, drop one across the middle, too. So everybody's every, – right now, Kansas City receivers receivers are talking crap about our receivers and saying that they're going to smoke us and Tyreek Hill's going to cheat up our defense and cut. No, no, that ain't happening because we're going to hit him up at the line of scrimmage. We're going to slow him down. We're going to trail him all over, and we're going to have someone safety high up top to shut him down, and we're going to take away Kelsey. We're going to lower the boom continually, continually tied balls on Mahomes. That's what we're going to do defensively. That's and what we're I'm gonna, talking And when about. we get on top of him, we're going to put him away. Let's get, be a champion and be what we're born to be. Let's go and win it all. We're all in. Peace. Bucks, get it done, 32-28. I love it. And when they knock us down, what do we do? We bite a kneecap. And when <laughs> when, and when they knock up, us down again, we get the other kneecap. We, we get take another bite of the kneecap. 
and then when we get up the third time, and then we, we're going to bite them again, and then it's going to take three to knock us down, and then we're going to come back and kick you in the face and then bite you again. 32-28 bucks, huh? <laughs> that, was, that was my Dan Campbell motivational speech. He said 32-28. 32-28 Tampa. That's an interesting <sighs> score. It's very interesting. We're not going to beat Mahomes and the Chiefs by kicking field goals in the red zone, I'll tell you that. That's for damn sure. That's for damn sure. I just, you know, the Chiefs just have it. They're, they haven't been beat. Like, Mahomes does not allow them to get beat. No matter how bad they play at times, he always finds a way to win. Like Brady. And, you know, this is what makes it such a great storyline. You know, is this the passing of the torch? Or is the king not yet ready to leave the throne? I mean, it's the, I, mean I, I see why a lot of people wanted Rodgers, Mahomes, but I don't understand that. Like why? Do, why, I, I, why, I why, why would you it. want? Why would you want Brady versus Mahomes my, in the Super Bowl? My seeing how great of an AFC title game it was a couple years ago. My take on Rodgers, I think, is spot on. He's a tremendous talent, but he doesn't. He doesn't drive the team like Brady does. He doesn't. He doesn't have the leadership skills of Brady. He doesn't motivate his team uh, to play around him like Brady does. He just doesn't. And when they get down, his body language is it's not inspirational in any way. He sits on the sideline. He doesn't say much to his to his teammates. He's not like Brady. Just it's a he's a different cat. And I think that's the reason he hasn't he hasn't won more than one Super Bowl. And the game was on the line. He had more than ample opportunity to make the game winning plays against Brady. And he didn't do it. Why? I, I have Why no, did he not do it? I have no idea, but the, for a stat for you, I believe I, I read a stat from uh, Paul the Huddle that was <laughs> zero dog. for yeah zero for like thirty six in games like he's down going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, he's not a come. I, I mean, he's had comebacks in his career, but you know what? Good quarterback doesn't have a bunch of fourth quarter comebacks. A lot of games won, but think about it when when the game's on the line. How many times has Aaron Rodgers? Come up big in a big game. Well, one for nine in those in the postseason. Yeah, I mean that's not that's not Brady. Brady's the exact opposite. Why is it? Because because Rodgers is three times the athlete that Brady is. Leadership. It, it's leadership. It's leadership. It's a, it's it's intangibles. That's what it is. Absolutely, hundred percent. All right, let's uh, take a quick break here. When we come back, uh, we'll take some more phone calls. 727-518-0820 is the number. We're going to hear from the Lightning as well as they uh, get set to finally get back at it uh, on Thursday. And uh, we've got some injuries they're dealing with as well. We'll hear from James Brown, CBS. So a lot more coming your way in the final half hour here on the J.P. Peterson Show. Stay with us. Thank God you're back. Now, back to the show. More sports with JP. Now, those are some numbers that I, I didn't even know. I just have a feeling that Rodgers was just not that, you know, he just doesn't ever strike me as a, a fighter. You know, he's not that. When, when Brady gets down, he's like so determined to come back. You can just see it. Yeah. What what are the numbers on? on so before before break, I said some like outrageous number where I told I you didn't I believe you, it. Yeah, and I didn't it's uh, it. so Aaron Rodgers is uh, zero for per all sports culture, zero for forty two, so zero wins, forty two losses when trailing by more than one point in the fourth quarter 
to a team with a winning record. How can that be possible? I have no idea. But here's oh a, for forty two. Here's another one for you. Well, one one for nine. So one win, eight losses when trailing at halftime in the postseason. I would love to know that one win. One for nine in trailing at halftime in yeah. postseason play. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, I wonder. I wonder what Brady's numbers are. Not that he trailed a lot, but when he did trail, he came back and won those games. Yeah, so twenty-eight maybe, to three. Maybe we got to stop calling Aaron Rodgers clutch. He's not clearly. He's actually got the worst uh, average in the league when he's down by ten points or more. I think he's like below three hundred. Eh, see, everybody makes him out to be this great, the greatest quarterback of all time. Yes, he's athletically gifted. Mm-hmm. He makes some of the most unbelievable throws I've ever seen. Mike Vick was athletically gifted, incredible mm-hmm. in so many ways. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't a great quarterback. He wasn't a great quarterback. Not a winning quarterback. I guess Rodgers is just great until he's losing, and he's just like, eh, yeah, yeah, he's a quitter. He's <laughs> a quitter. Uh, all right, uh, the Lightning will finally get back on the ice tomorrow, uh, Thursday night at Carolina, hopefully, COVID willing. Um, they've, they're dealing with a couple of issues with injuries now. Chernak went out last game. Looks like he's day-to-day. He's, yeah, he's day-to-day. Uh, Luke, I'm sorry, um, Mitchell, Mitchell Stevens. Stevens got bent back really awkwardly on his ankle, and that may take some more time. Of course, they're already you know down – uh, Paquette because he got traded in the offseason. So they're they're looking for some guys to step up. Let's listen in to uh, John Cooper talk a little bit about the uh, status of his team right now, having missed all these games and with the injuries. Yeah, the, the identity is definitely not the same. We're only four games in, uh, but Seti and, and Patty both played that heavy game down low. Uh, we've definitely, the, lead, the line has sped up a little bit, uh, but which is an asset to the line. So um, I still think they can play that puck possession game down low um, with the added speed. So it uh, you know, may not be as rumbly and tough as it was uh, before, um, but there's, you know, I think Joe adds an element that they haven't had. Back there. And uh, I think especially with him in the middle of the ice, it should open up some, uh, you might be able to open up some time and space for the guys and, you know, if Patty continues with his uh, play down low and Volke, you know, is a big, strong kid himself, um, you know, I think the line's, uh, you know, there could be something good coming out of that line. Next, we'll go to Dave Randorf. <laughs> He's on mute here. Raise my hand. Um, you got a guy in your room that, you know, got something you can't buy. It's two, two cups, not one cup, but two cups. On the subject of Pat Maroon, listening to him talk, he comes off very insightful and honest and comfortable in his skin, uh, whether it's on the ice or his position in your, in your room. I'd like to know uh, what your impressions have been over the last year and a bit uh, since you've had Patrick Maroon. Well, it goes deeper than that because he played for me in junior when he was 16. <laughs> and to see him today compared to back then, it's uh, cool, cool. Uh, been quite a metamorphosis, a, a word I can use in that uh um, Metamorphosis. He just can't. He was a kid. Metamorphosis. He hadn't grown into his body yet, and um, Cooper seems created uh, not salty. a little uh, workout group because we had to get him into shape. You <laughs> know, when he first came to us, gifted player on the ice with his hands, and he's he's always had that ability for a big man to make plays. I think the thing that was holding him back was 
um, you know, he needed to mature uh, into his body and uh, and into being a professional hockey player. And I think watching him grow to the point of when he won the Stanley Cup with St. Louis and then coming into our locker room and the impact he had, uh, it was remarkable what, what I've watched. And don't get me wrong, this is, you know, we won a championship back in junior with Patty and he was our best player and, and a phenomenal kid. But I never, I couldn't sit here and say, oh, I was going to watch him grow into a leader and, and somebody that, you know, picked others up all the time to, to, you know, unite a group to have success. And uh, Patty's been fabulous to have around. And so, um, you know, it's why we, big reason he helped us get to where we were last year and why we, you know, brought him on for a couple more years. Patty Maroon, Mr. Two Cups. Hey, John, I know you're a big proponent of the American Hockey League and what they can do for players. And, and not always easy for a guy even like Joseph last year, to once you're in the NHL, to go back down there for a bit. What did you want to see from him when he went down? And what did you see from him when he came back up as obviously evidenced by his place in the bubble and practicing with you guys up until now? Well, Joe has the ability to play in the NHL. And, and um, with all young guys, they have to mature into the playing in the NHL. And um, Joe's got some fantastic act, attributes to his game, uh, but but consistency becomes a part of it. When you play 82 games, um, you, you you have to be consistent in it. And I and I think with a lot of young players, uh, and it's just it's not just including Joe. It's almost everybody that plays this game. Um, to bring that bring your game on a nightly basis is a hard thing to do. And until you live it and until you you go through it, the rigors of regular seasons, um, it's it's a grind. And so it, it takes a little bit of time for some of these young players to develop. And you come in and you see what they do well, and then you see what they need improvement on. And you go back to the American League and you improve on those. And that's what Joe's done. And, um, you know, he's found his way back here and he's deserved to be back here. And so he's the one of those kids that the American League, you know, um, did its – its job and and he the effort and you know even watching him here in, in training camp and he's uh he's a pretty committed kid and he's he's out there early he's he's staying late and uh, he wants to play and so he's uh he's not taking this if you want to call it second opportunity for granted and uh, he's doing well all right, there's uh, John Cooper talking about some of the the depth on his Lightning hockey team, and they'll take on the Carolina Hurricane uh, Thursday nights, and we'll see as they go through this uh, this season. Their depth will certainly be tested. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break. Before we go, I want to uh, remind you guys, if you're in the market to buy or sell a house, the Weatherington Group is the place to go, whether you're buying or selling. It's the Weatherington Group. See what we did there? Nat and Eric Weatherington have been buying and selling homes for in Tampa Bay for over 22 years. They are in the top 3% of agents in Hillsborough County in terms of sales volume, over $37 million last year. And, folks, I'll just tell you this. If you want to use a discount broker and save a point here or there, You'll end up paying for it in the long run. You need somebody who knows the market here locally. There's bidding wars going on for homes right now because the market is so hot. You need somebody who knows the local market well. And that's Natalie and Eric Weatherington. Great folks. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that always irks people is 
real estate agents that don't answer their phone. They have made it their pledge to always answer their phone uh, promptly and get in contact with you when you need them. And that's something you really need in this market because things change fast and things move fast. So if you are in the market for a real estate agent, I highly recommend the five-star Zillow agents, Nat and Eric Weatherington. And you can get them by going to the weatheringtongroup.com. That's W-E-T-H-E-R-I-N-G-T-O-N, weatheringtongroup.com. Great folks. All right, quick break. When we come back, James Brown, CBS. Sports will be hosting the Super Bowl here in Tampa Bay. We'll chat a little with him, get his take on Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and what they've done for this football team, and a little note on Super Bowl. It's going to be a very exciting flyover for this game. We'll tell you about that next. All right, that's enough. Let's get back to the show. Now, more sports with J.P. All right, welcome back. Uh, this is kind of cool. Uh, Super Bowl 55. The flyover is going to be the B-1B Lancer from Ellsworth Air Force Base in South Dakota. That's, I believe that's the stealth bomber. The B-2 Spirit from Whiteman Air Force Base in Missouri and B-52 Stratofortress from Minot Air Force Base in North Dakota. Oh, my son's – I mean, my, my good buddy's son – now flies uh, B-52s out of Minot Air Force Base. I wonder if he'll be on that crew to do the flyover. So the three B-bombers, the kind of the evolution of the bombers, the B-52 to the the B-2 and the B-1B, all flying over Raymond James Stadium for the game. That's going to be freaking awesome. I remember uh, back in, um, what was it? I think it was 09 when the uh, the Steelers Super Bowl, the Steelers won over the uh, over the Cardinals. I was doing a live shot for News Channel 8 and we're up on these these rafters uh before they were doing the the pregame up there and I'm um I'm sitting there doing a live shot and all of a sudden you just, you know, it, it's weird because you you see the size of the B, B1 bomber coming in the in the in the in the distance and you're like, "Oh, wow, here it comes." And when it gets close to you and when it's not on the stealth mode, <laughs> That thing was so intimidating when it flew over. I mean, it was like I can't even imagine if I if I was an America uh, an enemy of America, and they sent that sucker to get me. That's intimidating. <laughs> that big old flying wing. It's black as night. It's big as hell, and it just just flies right over. Chilling. It's chilling. That's what it is. So that'll be your flyover. Um, James Brown will be anchoring for CBS Sports, who will be doing the call on this one. Jim Nance and the great Tony Romo, uh, like that that crew, will be very much looking forward to listening to them break down the game. Classic duo. Um, Here's James Brown talking about some of the uh, great Buccaneers. Is this the one on Brady or uh, or Arians? Yeah, I think this is the Brady one. The Brady one. Let's listen in on our conversations with the great James Brown. And James, just this Buccaneer team and, and the way Brady has been able to bring them together. And, and we said this the last couple of weeks, this is not just Brady. This was a team win. The defense came up with some huge turnovers and huge stops. Uh, you talk about the offensive line. It's just been been phenomenal and physical. Uh, Fournette had a run for the ages uh, yesterday. It was tremendous. So this is not just Brady. I mean, he's the headliner, but this is a really good football team. Agreed? 
Hey, JP, can I say thank you very much? Because it truly is a team game, yeah. and only some of those that you just pointed out. Look, Bruce Arians, I'm, you know, I worked with him for a year here at CBS, didn't get a chance to get up close and personal with him throughout because he was doing yeah. games. But to see what he's done, recognizing what he brings to the table as a CEO, mm-hmm. recognizing whatever the health challenges are, he went out and got two. Now, I know there's an awful lot of talk about the lack of uh, – uh, inclusion and diversity in terms of the hiring yes, uh, of head coaches. But look at what he's done in having hired Todd Bowles, who we had a relationship with, of course, and Byron Leftwich. You know, of course, he has to rubber stamp what the game plan is, but he hired those guys mm-hmm. to bring the excellence to the table that they have and to get it done. Number two, John Madden was the one who taught me when I was learning the game of football that, you know what, a team that might be championship caliber and poised to go for that kind of run usually might be missing one or two pieces to put into the puzzle to then go on the run. Look at the number of disparate elements and pieces that they pulled together there in Tampa Bay, Mm. coupled with the fact this was a season like none other with the COVID precautions, no preseason, limited off-season kinds of practices. So these coaches and the coaching staff have to learn on the job what kind of team that they have. They're going to go through the normal ups and downs. So when you look at the number of pieces that he's pulled together on both sides of the ball, remarkable Mm. job done by Arians and his staff, his talented staff, to get to this point. I mean, keep in mind now, Brady still threw three second-half picks, and they still overcame it, and it is about overcoming. So many people want to see a perfect game. It's played by human beings. It's coached by human beings. It's refereed by that, and they have persisted in certainly leadership, starting with Bruce Arians and clearly some extraordinary coordinators and others. They've gotten it done. So I just want to give some credit to the team as a whole, overcoming. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, James, you mentioned it. That's uh, James Brown, a great conversation we had with him. You can find that on our podcast page at fanstreamsports.com. So check it out right there. As you can find all of our interviews that uh, we've been able to do over the last few weeks. And we got some great ones coming your way. If you missed the Sal Palantonio interview today, that was, uh, that was epic. It'll be everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google. And, uh, all of it. All Anthony, of the Anthony Beck joined us earlier today. I thought he made uh, some really good points about, um, you know, how the this this Bucks offensive line has been so physical. Um, the tight ends have done a great job blocking for in this run game and and adding you know, the, that that uh, ability to get out and and catch the ball in the red zone. We saw Cam Brait do that. That was a great play action fake by uh, Brady. I was watching the replay of the game last night. Brady sold that play action fake, you know, when the touchdown pass to Cameron Brait is tremendous. And that uh the tight ends have been such a big part of what this offense is about and it's just it's clicking. I think, you know, we're it, it, this this offense has evolved, but it's nowhere near to fully evolved. And I think if you're the Chiefs right now and you're Spagnola, you're like Man, I don't. There, there's going to be some wrinkles in this for them to handle, and uh, I like where the Bucks are right now. All right, our thanks to all of our great guests. Uh, check out the podcast; you can listen to it anytime at fanstreamsports.com or download our app, the Fanstream Sports app, in your app store and listen anytime you like. Our thanks to Anthony Beck, the On the Clock Podcast guys, Leo Haggerty, Sal Palantonio, and uh, all of our callers as well, and of course our great sponsors on our Super Bowl Palooza. Have a great night, everybody. See you tomorrow.